Hello everybody, it's Kelly here. Sorry that these episodes are a little bit late. We got tied up doing our Extra Life charity stream for the Children's Miracle Network this last weekend. Speaking of which, if you have anything that you could afford to give, the Children's Miracle Network desperately needs your help. Funds are tighter than ever this year, and any donation would be greatly appreciated. If you'd like to help, you can go to extralife.org slash team slash dorktales, or honestly anywhere connected to Extra Life or the Children's Miracle Network. Dorktales gets 0% of your donations, and 100% of it goes to charity. So if you have the time, that would be fantastic. There's going to be no ad in this episode, but consider donating to the Children's Miracle Network. It really would make a difference to those kids. Thanks very much, and enjoy the episode. Dork Tales proudly presents Dungeons and Dragons, The Reign of Emery's. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Reign of Emery's here on Dork Tales. I'm your Dungeon Master Kelly. I use he and him, and tonight I am very excited to be back with another episode of The Reign of Emery's here on Friday night. How's everybody doing tonight? Good. Good? Do you want to elaborate on that? How, how good are we talking about? Pretty good. Pretty good. Like four, 4 out of 10? Uh, yeah, I'm, like, extremely stoked on my entire life, so... You just went flying. I just went flying yesterday oh, for the wow. first time in nice. six years. That's awesome. Damn. Yeah, and I have my next flight booked for, for next Thursday, and after that, I'll be fully checked out and legal to rent a plane. Nice. That's so cool. Yeah, so I am super stoked. It was a That's great awesome. time. That's so super cool. Soon I'll be able to fly as much as money permits. <laughs> so once every six years... Once every six years. <laughs> uh-huh. Cries internally. That's basically true. Um, Cries and All right, so I think what I'm going to do right now is that since you're already there, Mike, I'm going to start with you. All right, well, in that case, hey, everybody, my name is Mike. I use they, them pronouns, and tonight I am playing the lovely little artificer, arterialist halfling, Veratrix Soulstar, and she has a little flying mechanical rabbit named Crux. Nice. All right. Uh, I'm going to go back that way and go to Robin. Robin, what are you excited about and uh, who are you? Wow, that was a that was a curveball question. I wasn't expect- I I'm excited that it's Emery's. I'm oh, that's, for game. that's the only one. No one else is allowed to say that. Aha, yes. I got it. Um <laughs> But yes, hi everyone. I'm Robin. I I rock the she they pro, pronouns, and I'm playing Ivy, our tiefling blood hunter, order of the mutant class. Um, and uh, oh, she and just you should roll for your new power today if you haven't already. Oh yeah, I should. Yes, I have um, not. And uh, I'm gonna pass it over to Caitlin in one sec, real quick. Thank you for the host DB thirty two twelve. Really good to see you there. Um, DB thirty two twelve does uh, all sorts of Dragon Ball. Uh, style uh, D&D role playing so go give them a follow if that's uh, if if you are down for you know next time on DB3212 how long does it take to charge up one of those games like do you just never mind never sorry <laughs> dumb jokes uh Caitlin hi hi uh, my name is Caitlin um I use she her pronouns and tonight I'll be playing Talfrin Pridery the human barbarian of wild magic I'm so, you have no idea how excited I am about that. 
Oh, and Caitlin. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I was going to approach you on the side about this, um, away from everybody. But, but now it's in front of everybody. But now it's in front of everyone. So I was thinking I might I might ask this to the group. Um, so everybody, last episode it was revealed that Talfrin has a very negative thing on his body. Uh, basically, a command uh, command brands that command seals from fate fate zero type of thing uh, or just fate series uh but uh basically if someone knows about them they can make his life uh very very complicated and very very painful uh now to me when i look at this as a storyteller game master dungeon master type i see this as a flaw and merit thing like this is a negative that is in addition to the basic character details um, so for that, I was considering giving Talfrin a small bonus to offset it. If you all were, uh, okay with this. Um, and my ideas there were, were of three different varieties. One would be, um, a story-based mechanical bonus that he would eventually get in the future. Uh, another would be a pretty standard bonus, like an extra skill, an extra language, basically just like an extra class feature, little thing, like a little, little tweak, just a little like, hey, thanks for playing. A little treat. Yeah, a little treat, just, you know, as a little snack. Treat. Yeah. Um, and then the other one would just be whole hog and just be like, eh, is it worth a feat? Is it? Is it though? Um, so I'm wondering if people have an opinion on that. I think it would depend on how often it's going to be used against I was going to say, yeah. I would say, how often are you as the DM going to use it against Talfrin? Three times. At least three times, maybe five times. Okay. Not that we need to know exactly. It, I mean, well, I kind of um, feel like a cool feat would be fun. Maybe... Limit maybe some of... Yeah, so maybe yeah. Like give an option, you have to like discuss choose... it together and decide on a feat that's kind of cool, but maybe not OP. Yeah, like okay. maybe give the option of like three feats that you think would be cool, but not yeah, not oh too overpowering. But or maybe and then Talfrin can the skill choose. Proficiency. Yeah, like yeah. I was about to say, skill yeah. proficiency hmm. might be good. Yeah, because I really liked the idea um, just for flavor. Like I loved the idea, and just mm. for character. Um, okay, then composition. I think. Well, is there a skill that so. would be relevant to that kind of? You know what? That you could have. I, I think I think I got I think I got it actually okay. I think that just okay. it was one of those things where I just needed to express it out loud and then I, I understood exactly what I wanted to do so or even an option of expertise <laughs> once yeah, yeah that that something like that yeah which just doubles your skill proficiency so that would be cool too yeah. that would just make you extra good at say athletics or something right yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah, we can we will we'll talk we'll talk Talfrin. All right, that sounds good. Uh, now let's pass the ball <laughs> up to Christine. Pass the ball up to of Christine. Of course, right as I took a drink. Oh, sorry, I'm, 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 I'm tweaking right people's videos, so I wasn't paying attention. I had just taken a sip of coffee. But hello, I'm Christine. Um, I use she, her pronouns, and I am playing Claudette Belmont tonight. Uh, she is our human... A noble who is a wizard blade singer. She's very All sweet. Right. And uh, finally, over in the corner, Hello. it's Amy. Yes, hi. I'm Amy. I use she, her, or they, them pronouns, and I'm playing playing Leiden and Merov, our uh, cleric of the grave. Ace you're, you're also plating them. Plating, yes. No, yes, uh, serving words. <laughs> what are words? All right, so. Uh, if this, is your, first time, if this is your first time tuning in, uh, The Reign of Memories is our uh, our homebrew uh, 
Uh, Homebrew... I can't speak tonight, guys. It's going to be a fun game. Sorry. I, I did, like, an, an eight-hour, like, fiction binge today where I just wrote for eight hours straight. So my words exist in a document with my editor right now. So, um, but... <sighs> so, Reign of Emerys is a homebrew campaign set in our world of Elos. Uh, this is the same setting that you would see in Shards of Nern, our Wednesday night game, as well as The Secret of Hexeter House, and a little smidgen in our Curse of Strahd game, even. There are references to it spread around our other games as well, as far-reaching as things like... Ooh, there might have been a little reference in Werewolf the Forsaken, but there were several references in Rime of the Frostmaiden, if you've been watching that, as well as Candlekeep Mysteries. It's almost like I'm elbowing this into the multiverse in everything I do because that is how I roll. Uh, <laughs> uh, so if you are tuning in for the first time, this game is set in the uh, the Amrisian Empire, which is uh, an ever-expanding uh, empire in the southern hemisphere of Elos that is uh, kind of a techno-magic... Mm, we'll go with Utopia. Uh, it's a topia of some kind, uh, and uh, it is expanding outward, kind of consuming all of its neighbors in its quest for, for uh, continental dominance and then probably world dominance. You know how these things go. Um, and is is kind of vaguely equivalent to, say, like the Roman Empire uh, with a smattering of the British Empire in there, uh, and a little smattering of the American Empire. But, hey, you know, a lot of, a lot of you know... That, that entire trifecta there. Uh, so, uh, roughly, it is equivalent to, say, like, the Victorian era back to the late Renaissance, kind of in there. I think the only thing we don't have is cars. We do have mech suits. It was a good trade. Because, um, honestly, what would you rather take to work? Right? Um, yeah, I'd, I'd go mech suit every day. You right? Would, right? I kind of, I'm kind of sad that we didn't go that route. We went cars you... instead. Oh, do mech suits walk themselves, or do you have to walk in the like drive them properly? Like, how? What type of mech suits are we talking here? We're talking. How much effort do I have to put in to get to work with the mech suit versus the car? Uh, I mean, it depends on the model, really. It's like with a Tesla; it's got self-driving features. You could have, you know, you could have one that's self-walking. Uh, speaking of self-walking, I just got the book for Animal Adventures in the other day, uh, the one that allows you to play awakened dogs and cats, and I cannot express how pleased it makes me. Uh, that book is canonical in our world. So, um, I will, I'll show you during the chat break. So with that, we should probably start hopping into game. The characters are playing emissaries of the empire who have been sent off to the Western lands of the continent, um, for a multitude of reasons. One to deliver a letter, another to go and fix one of the, um, the imperial, um, telescopes over on the coast of Tyrannia, a territorial province uh and then eventually all of them are headed down to a small mining town called cordust where there is a strange alchemist scientist person uh who is doing horrible experiments and uh is enemy number one of the empire right now or is at least on the list um your characters recently traveled through uh, Terranel, the seat of Terrania, uh, and encountered a strange man named uh, Zeke Calder. You also uh, acquired some new gear, met with the Imperial Magus, um, uh, Imperial Magus Lankea Corto, uh, and defended her from a strange, angelic-looking man who had been apparently sent from this scientist down in Cordist. From there, you received a stipend to go and hunt her down, and will eventually have a bit of a qualm on who manages to return her head. 
because Ivy has been sent to retrieve it as well. Um, and uh, so we're going to begin right now. I would like it if uh, if uh, if you keep me abreast of Hurt the More and things like that in the Zoom chat. Um, and you saw you have one, right? I have one, yeah. I'm going to go mm -hmm. put that on the side. I'll use D4s. Looks like I still have a determination from last time. Mm-hmm. Yep. And... I don't have one. I think someone just bought one for Claudette. Yeah. And yes. Bercarius just redeemed a something good happens. Oh, something good happens. Aw, yay. Yay. All right, I will leave that. Um, and uh, with that, uh, just a quick reminder that uh, Roll20 is open, so if you want to listen to music, hop over to there. And with that, why don't we go ahead and begin our game. Pardon me. There we go. You leave Terranel behind you. Hopping aboard the carriage, driven by Talfrin's former acquaintance, Mira Rosk. A half-orc of some ill repute. She begins to drive you down toward the coast. Three horses pulling at the carriage with some vigor. The carriage rolls across the rocky terrain of Terrania. This is an old and hardy land. And you're very fortunate that these are sure-footed horses. And the wheels of this carriage are reinforced, studded, and grip the landscape with harsh, strong motions. Inside of the wide carriage, you still find yourself somewhat cramped. There are five of you inside at the moment. Dirk, Ivy, Claudette, Vary, and Leoden. Talfren is sitting up on the front next to uh, his former friend Mira. As they begin to uh, converse... You can hear the sounds of their voice echoing through the little panel behind the driver's seat that can be slid open from the interior or exterior to offer warnings. The inside of this carriage is somewhat musty. It smells of mothballs. The seats are comfortable enough. The cushions worn low. A thick brocade pattern imprinted on them in gold. The green of the cushions casts a strange hue inside against the pine. And as tightly packed as you are, it feels a little bit like a coffin. There are a pair of curtains blocking the windows on either side of the doors, which are on the left and the right. And you will hear the sound of the wheels rolling over the countryside. What are you talking about as you go? Claudette is scribbling away in her book. Carefully. I think Leiden might be taking a nap. Okay. She might be, like, leaning on Claudette, though. <clears throat> or she's no, in the corner. If you're going to take a na nap, Claudette will have pushed you into place that you lie on her lap, and she'll use Aww. you as a desk. Okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> Fine. Desk, desk Leiden. Yeah. We both get what we want. Yeah. That's true. 
as you head across the countryside, what are what are uh, Ivy and Vary doing? Um, Vary's probably fairly quiet. Um, actually, she's probably still not feeling too great <laughs> after her night of excessive uh, imbibing. Um, so she's probably just kind of just chilling up against the edge or something, or whoever is closest. Just yeah, she's just kind of being quiet. Okay, and what's Ivy which is doing? which is weird. Uh, Ivy's probably like going between like checking out the window every once in a while, like pulling the curtain back to see like where they're going because she's kind of interested because this is a new area. And then, like, awkwardly looking at, but like, talking to Dirk slash, like, carving into her extra bits of leather, which she does when she's nervous. She carves patterns into it. Um, so she's probably working on a new set. Dirk, for his, um, for, to his credit, is flipping through a, a rather threadbare secondhand book that he acquired in town. And as he is, uh, as he's doing so, um, you might catch him. What's your passive perception? Not great. Um, let me pull up. Do, do, do. Um, it's 11. 11? You may catch him occasionally glancing up at you whenever you think that you're not being observed or when he thinks that you won't notice. But for the most part, he seems fairly content to flip through his book with the occasional flicker of eyes up at you. Now, I'm wondering, like, how... I'm guessing, like, the carriage is, like, kind of, like, bench and bench. It is bench and bench facing each other, yes. So who's kind of sitting where? I'm kind of wondering, like, if, if Ivy sat beside Dirk or not, or if, like, Leiden and Claudette are on one bench, so that means the three of us are on another bench. How are you bench? sitting? Well, it's definitely Leiden and Claudette. Is, mm -hmm. And then is it Dirk sitting, like, at the on the edge? And then is it, like... I was figuring Dirk would probably be beside Claudette and Leiden. Okay, yeah. So that way it'd be easier for him to sneak a sneak a glance over at Ivy across from him. That would be particularly tightly compacted, though. That's true. If, if Leiden, especially if Leiden is like lying down for. That's now. true. Very would be a much better pick size-wise yeah. to go to, to go, go yeah. in center. Three. Yeah. No one said we planned this part, though. No. It might be very uncomfortable for Dirk. Well, speaking of very uncomfortable, so very, you are kind of, I'm going to say that you're kind of wedged between Ivy and Dirk, <laughs> kind of just like, like leaning back, uh, yeah. probably facing forward because even a thrill seeker with a hangover does not want to ride backwards necessarily. That, that's fair. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, as you are rolling across the countryside, you're going to notice that outside there is a low hanging mist. The closer you get to the coast, it clings to everything. In the distance, small hamlets and thorps crop up, like centigraphs on the landscape, like monuments to civilization. But as you are glancing around, Claudette, what is your passive perception? Uh, Twelve. Twelve, okay you are going to start to notice that many of these small towns appear abandoned. As you roar past a small one, you'll actually notice that 
Most of the roofs are completely caved in. The thatching, where the roofs are thatched, is completely decomposed. It doesn't seem like anyone's been there in three or four years. And as you head across the countryside, you'll all begin to get a sense that this old country here has long been abandoned. Meanwhile, in the front, Talfrin, what are you two doing? What are you two up to? Um, probably making a little bit of conversation, probably some awkward conversation, especially if she's got stuff to say to him. And actually, I realized that last time I got a little bit um, flustered on screen, but I think she would probably be like way taller than him. I was like, would she be taller than him? Yeah, she would be way taller than him. Well, how tall are you? Uh, he's five, oh, he's only 5'11". Oh, he's only 5'? I thought he was like 6'3". Um, no, yeah, he's only 5'11", but he still does tower over the rest of the party. That's fair. Well, why don't we just do this the easy way, then? And uh, can you do me a favor and roll her height? Okay. Let's find out what Don't it would be. I want you to do that. Uh, I want you to roll me 2d10. Okay. And re-roll any ones or twos, because you said she's tall. Tall. Oh, what the heck? Oops, I did the wrong one. I did the wrong one. It's okay. Um, uh, two and eight. Two and eight? Yep. Yeah. I said I said re-roll the twos. Oh, sorry. Missed that. Sorry. Sorry. Five. Five and eight. Thirteen. All right. So, she, you know what? She's she's a respectable. She's just around uh, around six one. Okay. So she, she's got about two inches on you there, and uh, fairly um, fairly thickly built. Unless you want her to be taller than 6'1". I was thinking like 6'4", but like... 6'4"? Well, she's 6'5 six, yeah. six in boots. Oh, there you go. There we go. Perfect. All right. And of course she doesn't take those off, so... Well, no, you don't want to walk through the sludge with the rest of them. <laughs> right? Of course. They're good boots. Sorry, I just heard a weird noise at my door. I'm going to quickly just check it. All right. Okay. That's where that, you don't check it. And you're like, that sounds that's a only... weird noise. That sounds like I shouldn't go check it. Well. Guess we're never going to see Robin again. No. Uh, hey, there's an open spot in game, guys. So if you want <laughs> <laughs> Yep, yep, it was my landlord shut his front door apparently really loudly, so I just, you know, my landlord just saw me in full tiefling. It's great. Gotcha. <laughs> nice. That's, that's yes. okay. The, the police have seen me in full Katarina before. So. Yeah, yeah, no, it was fine. Oh, he, just, he, he just shut his front door weirdly, and it like, kind of like rattled apparently my other door, so I was just, it's all good. It's Welcome all good. back. Welcome all right. back. All right, Sorry. so by the way, oh, posture check, everybody. Oh. <sighs> all right. As you, uh, you continue along the way, she shoots some looks at you, Talfren. You're a long way from home. Yeah, well, decided to hit the road, see what else is out there. Can't stay in one place forever. Hmm. You should know that. Yeah, I know. I know. It was funny to see you, though. I didn't think that anybody else would be crazy enough to try to head down the coast. Well, I like a little adventure. You should know that, too. 
I, I do know that, but it's there's a difference between adventure and uh, well, what this is. Yeah, I got into a rough spot and I needed to get out of there and found these group of group of folks and we've been we've been uh, hanging out together. Well, don't worry, baby. I got you. And she smiles and reaches down and pats the thing that's sitting between you on the front step as you barrel down the landscape. An immensely thick repeating crossbow. Oh, I know you do. And he'll, he'll pat her hand on top of it. You trying to flirt with me? Do you like it? Hmm. Or has it been so long you don't know what you like anymore? Oh, Tally. I like everything. You know that. I was hey. just thinking whether or not the horses knew the, uh, the way enough for me to do this. And uh, she is going to just put her hand directly on your sword. Take that as you will. <laughs> so she's going to put her hand on the, uh, on the, you know, she's going to put her hand on the hilt of your sword uh, as it's kind of sitting across your lap. I guess it would have to be on this. I guess it would have to be. Uh... And she's just going to like slowly like run her fingers along the black, like the handle and hilt of your blade. This is bigger than I remember it. Well, I thought you had a good memory. <laughs> anyway, it is funny to see you again. It's, hmm. it's a big place. It's, well, it's good to see you, though. Well, I'm happy to help you out. Thanks. But if we get into much trouble... I'm going to book it. Of course. No worries. Do you know much about this area? Oh, really vaguely. Sal didn't tell me a whole lot. He never really tells me a whole hell of a lot, but we didn't have much time. It's old country. It's wild and untamed. It was um, the last one to really fall to the Empire. A lot of the locals say that they wouldn't have actually fallen had the elves not pulled out support and reinforced Avalcini. That's why you don't see very many elf types around here. Gotcha. But ever since the Empire took over, the, um, the moors and the mountainsides used to be a lot more well-patrolled. Is the problem though when the army is killed off? There are a lot of legends out here. <laughs> kind of like where you're from, actually. The fake oh, horns. Sorry. Is she speaking loud enough that they can hear in the back? No, she's speaking like almost like kind of just in your ear. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Then okay, never mind. He was gonna open it if she wasn't, but if she's definitely like not trying to, then he won't. Never mind. Oh, okay. Well, she's she's just kind of casually conversing with you, so you can you can totally like if you open it, they'll be able to hear. 
Yeah. I'll say I will eavesdrop if if the if the opportunity yeah. presents itself. <laughs> well, if yeah, if it's if it's good info about the area, he'll just like he'll like slide it open. He won't like do it like he won't do it discreetly, but he'll slide it open so that they can hear. Um, and then if she objects, he'll close it. But hmm. anyway, the area is a lot more dangerous now. There aren't patrols going out, so whatever uh, influence the Fey courts have are still out here. And then, of course, there's all the battlefields and all the trauma. That shit solidifies like gelatin in a pan. I've got some stuff for it, but everyone's going to have to be careful. And when we camp, if we have to camp, you do exactly what I say. Let me put up my totems, let me put up my wards, and you don't go beyond the limit of the firelight. Understood? Yes, ma'am. This does mean that if uh, any of you have um, weak constitutions, you might um, want to invest in a curtain or something. Unless you want to get real personal. So where we're going right now, we're heading over toward um, Mount Presidio. There's a lighthouse on the coast. Right next to a little... It's not even really a town. But um, a place called Eagle's Rise. From there, we can head over to Mount Presidio proper. It's... <laughs> it's weird. But you'll get it when we get there. It's... um. It's this, uh, well, it's an observatory on a, on a, on a mountain jutting out of the middle of the ocean. Uh, we'll have to go to the lighthouse and then take a gondola across. It's, uh, from everything I've seen, terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. So, of course, you'll love it. Ivy will glance over right. at Dirk talking about the gondola, being like, uh-oh, <laughs> he doesn't like heights. Well. Well, um, uh, hey, uh, hey, Tal, Tal, uh, yeah. what, what's the name of that road, I'm sorry for eavesdropping, uh, what's, what's the name of that roadhouse that uh, you were mentioning? The Cockatrice, she says. It's a nice enough place. Uh, well, you know, someone should watch all of our belongings. I probably should stick back and do that just in case. Yeah. You're Sounds lost, like little man. Idea. Yeah. If that's what you want me to do, buddy, that's fine. Well, y'all get some rest in there. We're going to be in in about... Mm, Probably take us about three hours to get to the cockatrice. Thank oh, you. You're welcome. Uh, if you need anything to help you nap, just let me know. I've got a couple of vials of laudanum up here. You want one, Tal? Yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. Sorry. 
Yeah, if we got a bit of time. Absolutely. She'll reach down and pull one out and hand it to you. It's a small vial that tastes absolutely abysmal. It tastes like a strange, well, it is a mix of, of opium and cannabis oil and uh, a few other substances that cling and cloy to your throat as you swallow it. All in all, it's about three ounces worth of liquid. And as you swallow it, I need you to make me a, uh, I need you to make me a wisdom save. Oh, a wisdom save. Yeah. Um, okay. I suppose I can do this. Sounds good. I got can a 13. You know, I you a, okay, a 13. Sounds yes. good. Uh, can you do me a favor and roll yes. me D100? Oh, God. Oh, Lord. I got a 23. Okay. All right. You are, as you are under the influence of this, which is going to be, and I need one more roll from you real quick. I'm sorry to ask this. Can you make me a con save this time? Yes. Oh, 18 on the dice. Perfect. So that means Which I be... have proficiency in this. So that's okay. a 24. Okay, so the negative <laughs> effects <that> are, <laughs> the negative effects of this are going to last uh, less than an hour. Okay. Uh, but as you are as you are riding across, you're going to start seeing little floating almost mirages in the corner of your vision. It's going to make you quite jumpy. You're going to actually look at the rolling hillscape, and as you do, you swear that one of those houses for a moment seems to sprout legs like a giant thatched spider. Do you see that? Yeah, a lot of the towns have emptied out. Monster attacks. Yeah. Your friend's a, a blood hunter, right? Uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Their order used to come through here sometimes, clean them out, but they're pretty rare. Few and far between. Could have made a pretty penny, though. Why, what'd you see? Mm. Oh, just nothing. It's <laughs> all good. Uh, in the meanwhile, though, uh, Talfrin, in addition to that, you're going to have nine temporary hit points until you go to sleep. Oh, hell yeah. Because laudanum's great in my game, guys. Always take it. Get, get, get <laughs> madness awkward. effects and temporary hit points. Perfect. Oh, don't actually take laudanum in real life. Don't do it. <laughs> no, don't do it. Don't, don't do it. You will become addicted immediately. Well, that's because it's opium and alcohol. And cannabis oil. Don't forget, it is, it's THC, opium, and... And alcohol, at Just a least. Perfect it's cocktail. mainly opium and alcohol. <laughs> and in real life, it won't give you temporary hit points. No. That's It'll not take true. Away the hit points. No, that is not true because you to. won't feel the damage. <laughs> no, it looks like you are. Right. So they're temporary. There you go. Yeah, yeah they, they are temporary. 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 temporary hit points. I think right. that just means go. you don't notice how much damage you've taken until you're dead. It's. Oh. I mean. And then they fade but away. Then you so you know what? <laughs> And the chat is saying now that it was legal at one point. Yes, but uh, so was Coca-Cola back when, well, it has Coca in the name, guys. You can suss it out. Um, yeah. And it was designed to be drank warm. So, hey, there you go. Ew. Oh, that's mm. gross. That's why Coke tastes better warm than Pepsi does. Pepsi was designed to be drank cold. Huh. But Coke is fine warm. Right. It's I better cold. That. But yeah, it's it's fine that. cold. If you, if you have to drink one, warm. I mean, I think, isn't Coke from a time when... 
There um, wasn't really refrigeration? Refrigeration didn't really exist in common homes. Yeah, that makes sense. So, or it was very expensive. It was. Uh, usually <laughs> you get ice from like expeditions and, and caves and things like that, which was a great way to get all sorts of other neurotoxins and parasites. Alright, but that's enough of that. Let's let's forget that like half of us are like historians and the other half are freaking nerds. Uh, <laughs> we're all freaking nerds. Yeah, we're all nerds. Just half of us are also no, historians. No, 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 guys, nerds. guys, we're dorks. True. And we I'm multi class. We all have tales. True. Fair enough. You proceed to go over the landscape, and before long, you have a pleasant conversation. And at the end of it, you roll up to a wide split in the landscape here there is a it looks like a mountain had been raised at one point and then someone blew a hole right through the center of it leaving a massive canyon that winds ever forward at the end of it you can see glittering lights and emerging between the two clefts several miles ahead of you you see a tall spiraling lighthouse Silhouetted by the setting sun and an immense mountain. When I say immense, it looks like like the hand of a god jutting out of the water and reaching toward the sky. The palm and blade of the fingers pushing upward, ever toward the stars. So much so that as the sun dips in the horizon, it falls behind the hand, casting the entire world into premature darkness even as you can see the orange light spill around the side. As you approach the canyon, the horses will begin to uh, begin to resist the motion. Question, Kelly. Yes. So the area like where we started, that would that would be more like pla plains, right? Like the, the surrounding area was more kind of flat versus um, it was you think? I would say it's um, Rocky Mountain versus Green Mountain. So the original okay. area that you went was more like the south of Italy. So yeah. Rocky Coastal. Uh, this is more like Scotland that you're okay. in right now. Old, old bony mountains that, um, or Rocky Mountain territory. Yeah. Like the, when you fall off one of the cliffs back home, you probably are falling near water if you fall off one of the cliffs here you're falling on moss and rock okay unless you're right on the coast and then it's both hey <laughs> okay just because yeah i was just somewhere because probably like ivy's is probably like very very interesting to her so she's like flat against the window like looking out the out the way at the at the mountains and stuff because she's just like this is so cool mira is going to lean down and tap into the side of the carriage this is uh, it's going to be loud and bright, just warning you. And she reaches behind her. The top of the uh, the top of the carriage has a compartment in it. And as she pulls it aside, you will see that she has an immense blunderbuss inside of it. It looks like a gun with a tremendous like trombone horn at the end of it. She checks it for shells, raises it into the air. And says, you're going to want to cover your ears, honey. <laughs> she fires. A moat of red... Leon's going to jerk up at that. 
A mote of red light soars into the air like a firework and hovers in the center of the canyon, dripping little streaks of mercury and copper from it as the flare slowly dissipates in air. The horses move forward, ready and used to this noise. As Mira loads up another shot, she says, Here, just keep the rein steady, and hands them to you. All right. She pulls again, and fires. And as she does, the entire canyon begins to light up with this sickly red glow. And anybody who's looking outside can make me a perception roll. Oh, yeah. Heck yes. Yeah, because by this point, Varys probably awake and, you know, a human being again. Again. Halfling. Yeah. Yeah. Halfling. Did perception? Uh, Perception roll, yeah. Yeah. Dirty 20. Dirty 20? Okay. 19. 11. I rolled a 4. We're starting off great. I rolled a 9. I got a 10, man. Ivy's just too too not perceptive. (laughs) I mean... Maybe just distracted. It's true. She's probably a little distracted. <laughs> As you glance outside, uh, those of you who got a 14 or higher are going to be able to see that there is something moving in the darkness beyond the edge. Beyond the edge of these... These motes of light. These flares that hang almost impossibly in the air like balloons. These creatures are spindly legged. They remind you of spiders mixed with something else. Six legs and a lengthy tail skitter in the darkness, but their their legs don't end like legs should in feet, but in these needle, no, blade-like claws. And you'll hear this noise around you as the horses push ever forward toward the lights ahead of you. Those of you uh, who here got above a 15. Okay. Uh, This is what you will get a glance of on the edge of the flare light. Claudette's going to take a quick little sketch of what she thinks she saw and start... What is that? (laughs) Uh, One moment, please. You are going to see that beyond the edge of the flare light, there are at least 10 of them. Well, it's what? Wow. Lynette's going to start taking notes on it. You can make, me an, ar- you can make me an arcana roll. What yes, did you- please. What, what did you see? Uh, that would be uh, 18. An 18? That's a Kruthic. It's a young one, actually. They get much, much larger. Adult Kruthics are the size of a human. Spell that? Uh, K-R-U-T-H-I-K. Or Kruthic, depending. They're monstrosities. They hatch from eggs and grow. These are about the size of dogs, but you can see in the shadows at least one the size of a small horse. They move with a preternatural speed and begin to burrow and climb up the sides of the canyons, heading into dark holes that hide their forms. All around you, though, you can hear that noise, the... of their bony, blady claws striking into the rock face. 
jeez, those are pretty things. Critics. There's all sorts of shit that's out here. Well, gotcha. this place isn't as pretty during the daytime, but uh, this is Torchlight Canyon. Settlers called it that because, well, those things don't like the light. I see what you're saying. You gotcha, gotcha. Hmm. And with that, you'll push through. On the other side, there's a steep rise. And you'll find yourself banking back and forth along switchback trails. The horses are happy for the relief, even though now it's upward struggle. They pull, their muscles tensing against their slick fur. Pardon me, I guess. Is it fur on a horse? It's not really. It's it's hair. It's hair it is hair, hair, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, you can see that there's um, signs of exhaustion on the side of the hair, and that smell is thick in the air of horse sweat. But you make it. It takes about a half hour of climbing up into the mountains. But as you do, at the top, you will find a small... I could say coat. Yes, you're right. Um, I, I don't do horses, guys. I'm sorry. But I, I'm, pretty, I'm, happy, I'm happy to learn. What what is it that I'll correct. What is it that gets on their their hair? Is it a is it a froth? What is it? What is the the when they've ran too hard? I, I mean, it, it, it's usually just sweat, but usually it's yeah. called like the froth. I thought it was froth, but, but that's I generally at the mouth. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, they froth at the mouth. Yeah, they, they get, froth yeah, at the yeah, mouth, or they kind of get foamy. Okay, that's yeah. what I thought. I didn't want to say it though, and then like it sounds stupid. But they're, so. they lather, themselves get sweaty. Lather, yeah. Yeah, they get sweater. Yeah. Okay. Before long, though, you will be able to make it to the top where you see that there is a small a small thorpe of a dozen houses ringing the top of this mountain a lighthouse jutting off of the far cliff over the ocean which stretches beautifully all around you illuminated by the last rays of the falling sun save for the knife-like shadow of Mount Presidio that stretches even over this town. Now this town, as you ride be, ride through its front gate, more of an overhang really at this point, although there are a set of doors wide open, wood ones, and a pair of town guards who glance up at you lazily from a poker game that they're playing nearby on a stool. It's lit by actual gas lanterns and in fact as you are there those of you with keen noses who have spent a lot of time by the coast will actually smell the scent of burning whale oil something that you don't actually get much of back in the east and before long you will pull over in front of a raucous <laughs> a raucous roadhouse with the name, the Cockatrice, carved onto a dangling sign with a, uh, a creature of that name there as well. The paint on the Cockatrice itself is long since faded, and you can see that someone has defaced the sign on one side, scratching out the Atrice, proclaiming this is just the Cock Roadhouse. That's so clever. Charming. 
a pair of old of old timers a man and a woman are sitting on the front porch working through some some old chewing tobacco and spitting into a cistern yuck kelly yeah. Tell him, tell him I, I was just trying to do the sound effect and that happened so <laughs> he'll, he'll tap he'll tap the carriage we're here time to get out i'm method baby they didn't know hmm? nothing don't worry about it uh very is going to hop out of the carriage all right hopping out of the carriage you um you can see that the uh the roadhouse is in decent swing. It has a, um, I'd say probably about two dozen people inside of it, eating and drinking. Quite a few, quite a few sounds ushering out from it. The sound of plates striking tables, the sound of someone playing a bit of music in the background. Something, something lively. How close to like actual dark? you think it is like is it like the beginning of sunset or like getting near the end so it's it's right at the end of sunset right now i'd say it's about eight o'clock at night right now okay the ride here took about four four and a half hours okay i was gonna go look at the sunset in the ocean but if it's if it's almost dark then probably we'll uh (laughs) go inside okay Actually, never mind. It's not something lively. It's something a little melancholy as you walk through the doors, which swing open and behind you as you pass in. The bartender looks up at you. I'm doing another half orc. There we go. Uh, the bartender looks up at you from uh, from his stool. A rather stout halfling with a pair of mutton chops that jut down along his cheeks. And as you enter, conversation turns to you and stops. And then continues as they finish appraising you, at least for the moment. Who walks inside? What's everybody doing? Uh, Varia's going to head on in. Okay. Yeah, Talfrin's just going to right inside. She, she's gonna, just going to go right to the bar. I was gonna like confidently kind of walk in and just kind of like head up a little bit, just trying to put on a bit of a bit of an air, a bit of a cockiness to her. Leighton's bar- just gonna stick with Claudette. The bartender looks at you, wipes the bar, and then wipes his brow with the same rag, pushing aside the old curly comb over that cemented to his sweaty forehead. He's wearing a waistcoat made of crushed red velvet that's stained from cleaning up beer, and you can see that his bare halfling feet, plainly visible behind the bar, and as you look at them, you can see he even flexes his toes comfortably. You're coming in for the night? What'll it be? Um, well, I'm actually here to get across to the telescope. Ah, you heard them out, Presidio. Yeah. Aye, 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 aye. You're gonna want to speak to Harry Lunklin. Where might I find him? At the lighthouse. Oh, perfect. They're both managed by the same authority. Okay, fantastic. Um, until then, um, do you have anything to uh, anything to eat? Aye. Right. 
Alright. You you got coin. Yeah, what do you what do you have? I've got wheat porridge. Huh? And uh, uh and wheat ale to go with it. Hmm? With a little bit of salt, a big three copper. That that'll do. Alright. I've also got another deal up right now. Mm. Boiled watercress and stewed leek with a mug of mead, a stout, four copper. Oh, that sounds lovely. I'm, I'd like to do that. I'd um, like to do that instead of the other one. Yeah. Yeah, let's just get one. Uh, and then she'll turn to whoever else is with her at the bar and be like, oh, so what do you want? What do you all want? You're all here for the lighthouse. Yes. Yeah. Right, I'll get well. the same. Yes, we're accompanying Very. Hmm. Right. Which I think Claudette will have kind of. Can I roll something to see how aware she is, or maybe what she's been taught in school about not advertising who she is and what she is right away? Sure. You can make me a common sense roll. Let's say that's a charisma roll. Okay. Let's try my purple dice. Charisma is about knowing when to shut up to. Uh, 17. 17? So, uh, probably not here. Yeah. Okay, so I think before even getting out of the carriage then, Claudette would have probably tucked away, like, or covered whatever has her house crest, etc. on it. Hmm. And whatever kind of officially looking Magus robes or crests or whatever she wears for that. If anything. Yes, Amy. In a similar vein, would it make sense would would a cleric of the orphan be a well, normal site? Places, actually. Okay, so she'll probably wandering leave clerics her stuff are, out. are like wandering preachers in the old west. Mm -hmm. They there's always a place for them, usually a bed for them, especially if you can heal somebody from like a wagon accident or mining like there's always work basically. Yeah. Okay. Um so she'd probably know about that and to the bartender mentioned that as part of our, if we're staying the night, is there someone who needs any assistance? Anything we can help with? Yeah, I will ask if there's any work around. Because she's quite poor. <laughs> to do. What kind of work are you looking for? You're looking for healing work. Hey. If there's someone who needs it. Hey, there's a... Uh... Or if anyone needs right said. Uh, rights would be good. Um, there's a... There's one on the edge of town, actually. The, um... The Rossi Estate. <laughs> An old gnome. Uh, she got hurt a few days ago. Mm. Came back through torchlight to, to a light. The Crothics got her. Mm. I see. Quite hard. If you want to go there, it might be a place to go. Sure. And you? You're looking for what kind of work are you looking for? I can offer many services. What is needed? Uh. I can even wash dishes. Hey. 
That'll do. I could use another person in the back washing it. I'd be happy to lend a hand. That'll cover your meal. You're staying here for the night. I believe that Does was the intention. Yeah. Does the gondola work at nighttime or is it a daytime operation? The gondola works when it's operated. If you go over there and find Harry, yeah, he's in charge of it. He'll take you over when you when you show up, I imagine, unless he's already up there right now. But I hear if the thing ain't working. How how long is the trip on the gondola? A while, about an hour. Hmm. Fair. Okay. Well, I should probably go over in the morning then. Your call. Morning's here, pretty bright though. Wouldn't it be hard to fix a telescope in the middle of the day? No, I was thinking that too, Mary. Aren't those yeah, like a Well, I mean, you can fix the things while, uh, you know, because you're not using them while you're fixing them, but you use them at night. Or but, you need to, like, test it. Yeah, that's Wouldn't fair. Wouldn't just collect a lot of light, though, and... Like, don't they have a lot of mirrors and stuff? Yeah. Don't you run the risk of hurting yourself, then, with sunlight? And you just don't look into the sun. I think that's How many pretty solid advice. Yes, but. How many rooms do you want? Well, Derek and I will share one again. Three? Cool. One Three? for us, one for you. Ivy, do you want to share again? Like, quickly glance over at Dirk, but like, try and make not, not make every. <laughs> not noticeably, but like, she will like flick her eyes over. All right. Well, that's a few rooms. That's all I've got left. Actually, he's going to take a glance at y'all real quick. <laughs> Two gold a night per room. As he says that, he's going to look right over at Claudette's fancy boots. And nice outfits. <laughs> Can I roll a uh, persuasion? That's an awful lot. You may. You may. Uh, be, however, given the remote location, I'm going to give you disadvantage. Okay. He's kind of got a monopoly. Well, that was a 19 and an 18, so... <laughs> 22. Well, huh. we're kind of remote out here. You not got many options. Can't go stay at the four elements. But you clear me out and you do my dishes for me. Let's call it even at four. That sounds wonderful. And we'll pass along the good word. Yeah. Just pass along you the gold. 
and sign whatever X you'd like to in the book. And he signs, uh, or he hands over one of the, uh, pardon me, he signs over the sign-in book, uh, where you see there's a bunch of fake names signed in there. Obviously fake names, by the way. Like, I can't even come up with them fast enough for this, but like, you know, like, uh, I think one of them's like, fart, fart my pants off. Ben Dover. <laughs> yeah, Ben, Benjamin Dover, uh, Claire, Claire Smash, you know, things like that. Um, I think Claudette's just gonna try and sign like first initial, middle initial. Okay. First initial, middle initial, and uh, he'll hold out the hand for your gold. You know, this is a little bit of highway robbery, but uh, honestly, it's a pretty low highway robbery given the amount of money you've been given. So. Mhm. Yeah, Claudette will pay for it. So it was four total. Yep. And the chat is going crazy with names. I love it. Of course. <laughs> Blast hard cheese. These are amazing. Like, Huge look, ass, yep. Honestly, yeah. like, look at some of these. Huge these There are some more. ridiculous names in this book. Like, seriously, there's Eileen Wright. There's, okay, I love that one. Slam uh, McRunfast. Slam McRunfast. <laughs> Zeno Rightwing. Like, these are really dumb <laughs> names. What a weird fake name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh. I wouldn't even be that surprised. <laughs> Okay. And, and with that, uh, he'll direct you to a table and say that uh, I'll bring over some of your food in a minute. Which of you are having the <laughs> stew and which one of you are having the porridge? I want the stew. Stew, please. Stew. Uh, porridge is fine for me. The porridge. You want... Do you want the uh, the mead, the ale, or uh, uh, grumpily like checks his stock? The mead, the ale, or the stout? Do you have water? <laughs> well, it's gonna We're kick next to the, the ocean table a little lass. bit and look at what's on the shelf and kind of pick whatever, whichever looks cleanest <laughs> uh, you think that you think that the beer is probably pretty clean honestly the mead's probably the thinnest all right yeah i think claudette doesn't not want high alcohol but she's also not willing to trust their water that's true that's yeah, fair, that's fair. kind of wonders what's in it <laughs> all right what well, isn't in it with that he'll uh he'll exactly. serve you, he'll serve you up at the table and uh a moment later um mira will come in having secured the horses She orders her own food and sits just at the edge of the table. It's nice, big, round one that you found yourselves at. Kind of a, about not as far away from you as she can be, I guess. You know, still with you, but she's definitely like not trying to intrude on your group. What are y'all talking well, about? That's gonna the move over towards her and start asking her questions about like the area and all that sort of stuff. Kind of what she'd been talking about with Talfrin, so just going more, trying to what do you go know? more in depth and writing notes. Sure, but she'll provide well, information. She if you have any specific questions, let me know. Um, not really. I'm just flavor. Um, one of the things that she does tell you though is that the way that you're going to be headed south toward Cordist, uh, the reason that you're headed down there is that um, Cordist mines are 
I mean, it's it's basically like calling a mine diamond dust. It's named after a substance called core, C-H-O-R. Uh, core is a, it is a magically, um, or an innately magically inert substance. Uh, the Empire uses it for things, uh, both, depending on how it's processed, it either absorbs magic or refracts magic. Fantastic in magic tattoos, uh, great in armor, uh, if you have enough of it to spray on. Uh, so, sorry, it, what was the full name? It was just core? Core, yeah. There are a lot of different terms for it, but that's what it's basically become known as. Uh, I think that some other realms are probably called the things like Cordalian or Cordalin, uh, but here it's just core. It's a mineral that is particularly um, uh, able to bend magic, similarly to um, the way that certain substances are able to bend and absorb light. However, it's, uh, it's pretty toxic, and miners have to be very careful. To get there, though, one of the last outposts, pardon me, one of the last outposts of the Tyrannian military was to the south, when the Empire crushed it. The only way down towards Corridus is by going directly through that along the rail lines. The rail lines are safe, but trains rarely run down there anymore. It's too expensive. So instead, you'll be taking the carriage there. It's going to be dangerous, because the battlefields... Well, the dead don't always stay dead. Is it a common occurrence for the area? A little too common, if you ask me. Hmm. Hmm. Have you stayed down in Cordus much? I've been there once or twice. I do most of my work bringing folk around the edge of Avalcini. But this was a contract I couldn't turn down. Mostly I just ferry people to from Tyrannia to Venkin or down to Weislung. Uh, have you heard anything about Kazluxia? The military yes. for? Yeah, any rumors about the situation? Yeah, I heard that um, a bunch of the troops got shipped out recently. Like, removed? I hear the Empire's keeping it kind of hush-hush. Mm -hmm. But, um, could be troop movements trying to flank around to the Cataganians, but... I'm not sure. I think that... Uh, at the very least, what um, what's happening is the Casluxia is probably about half-staffed right now. Maybe they're swapping out, bringing in some reinforcements from uh, from back east, bringing in fresh faces. I'm not really sure though. Why would you hear? Nothing recently, which is why I was asking. Hmm. I just knew it was one of the fights that they were, were one of the fronts they were fighting on. 
Seems like there's a lot of fronts these days. I can't hear you. Seems like there's a lot of fronts these days. Mm, that's true. Am I? I'm, I'm not coming in quiet for everybody, am I? Okay. Cool. Me. I'm having problems with my headphones. My volume is at a hundred, and I can't hear shit. That's really weird. So my computer is being a pain in the ass. Okay. So I don't know why, but there's nothing I can do besides restarting. Hmm. We can do that during the break. Does it help to do that? Sometimes. Um, restarting just tends to reset all the sound options for some reason. That's weird. Gotcha. But... Um, it tends to be when I have used speakers all day and then switched to headphones. It has problems. So, after dinner, who wants to come out to the telescope? I wouldn't mind seeing it, but I also offered to uh, wash some dishes, so maybe I can catch up with you later? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'll come with you. Fantastic. I'll be there if anything goes wrong, too. <laughs> oh, well, of course I'm coming. I kind of figured that it. you would. With how curious you are. I just like to like I just like to learn stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that's a good habit. You can never know too much. Uh, Unless it's about you'll be joining <laughs> Leiden. Yeah, I'll be coming along, yes. <laughs> of course. Mm-hmm. Alright. With that you have your meal. It is one of the blandest things that you've put in your mouth recently. <laughs> the stew is barely more than a chunky soup, really. It's more like a broth with bits of leek and um, bits of leek and stewed greenery floating around, and um, more of just like an old chicken broth. Watercress in that watercress stew. <laughs> There's yeah, a little bit of watercress. A little bit. Tiny bit. Skosh. Um, you enjoy that, but the beer or mead is a little more filling for you. And will uh, will refresh you as much as need be. Ivy, you'll spend a bit of time cleaning up afterwards, and you'll all be brought up to your rooms, which are incredibly bland. A pair of beds, no posters at all, like not four posters, just a pair of sagging beds in each room. Claudette's gonna check for bugs. Uh, can you make me an investigation roll? Fourteen. A fourteen. After a bit of searching, you are going to confirm that there are no bed bugs in this room, although you think there may have been at one point. You're not 100% sure. There are some other bugs in the room, though. Uh, mostly crickets. And uh, on the windowsill, you'll see one lone grasshopper, the length of your thumb, staring at you. Yes, Leiden. Leiden would like to go and see if if she can stop quickly at that gnome's estate. Um, doesn't have to be like a scene. She just wants to go and do that. And since she asked about it. 
Absolutely. As you go over, as you go to the gnome's place, you will find her in bed. She's not nearly as old as the bartender made out. She's barely 200. In the prime of her life. Strange. She is, however, um, perhaps it's because she's possessed of shock white hair. Mm. She has a nagging, deep cough. Deep crow's feet around her eyes. She's young, but her flesh is sagging off of the bones. She looks ill. Cancerous. Hmm. Can I identify what's wrong with her? What's You what can make me, make, me, uh, make me a medicine roll, please. Sure. That's a... 17. Some type of internal disease. Honestly, mm. it looks like uh, cancer, coal lung, tuberculosis. Hmm. Looking at her, you think it's a respiratory disease. Right. The cough is coming up bloody and uh, and mixed with old gray phlegm. Like, I'm just trying to see if I have any spells that I think that would uh, be able to help with that other than uh, just cure wounds. Restoration. Oh, yes, I have. I have lesser, lesser restoration only. Let me double check for lesser restoration and see what it covers real quick. Um, is it under lesser restoration or restoration lesser? Lesser restoration, as far as I can tell. I'm you never sure. You a creature that can I, and, and either one disease or one condition afflicting it. Perf. All right, so as you go there, you see that one of her eyes is completely sealed shut by pus and scabs from where one of these claws gouged it out. She has tons of cuts around her body and is actually missing the tips of two of her fingers. She looks... Shape. Sorry? <laughs> in rough shape? She looks in rough shape. Um, a, a much younger gnome of probably around maybe 12 mm. in human years around 7 or 8 mm. is minding her the little girl keeps an eye on you her hair is bright and vibrant green her skin a peachy a peachy rosy color mm. unlike her mother what do you do? do you just cast Lesser Restoration? do you talk to her a bit? I think she'll talk to her for a bit yeah um, and she'll and she'll cast. Okay. Cast it and try and ease their worries or so. Okay. Can you make me Connacht a... Connacht will also be in the, just kind of waiting and watching Leiden. Look come along? Okay. Okay. Uh, can you, if you're trying to get some, a little bit of her story out, I'd love you to make me a, um, uh, I'd love you to make me a persuasion roll. Sure. Oh, I guess he's uh, not not doing super great on that one, but that's gonna be a eleven. 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 All right. Uh, actually, you know what? If you're healing her, that roll me again with advance. R give me one more dice, since you did, you know, heal her. Oh, thank her. goodness. Okay. What was that? Twenty-four. Twenty-four. All right. So as you um, as you heal that, uh, she'll basically she'll give her story. She moved here a couple of years ago looking for work when um, when the Cordist Mines closed. She used to be a miner deep in the center of it. About, f about five years ago, she was one of the foremans. Hmm. Working that close to the center, though, is dangerous, and there was a bit of a rupture. One of the ones that actually ended up closing the mine. Presently, 
as you hear a dog in the distance uh, <laughs> bark and annoy the neighbors. Um, the mine was closed down about f about four to five years ago based on this cave-in. She managed to make it out, and as did uh, everybody else, but their hazardous material equipment wasn't able to hold up to that much part particulate being released into the air. She got sick, tried to work, and the more she tried to work, the harder it was. Mm. She was off doing a, doing a repair job in somebody's house. She thought that she could make it home in time to pick up her daughter from the neighbors. She misjudged the light. Right. And then one of her flares had gotten damp. She barely made it out alive. Well, hopefully this can be the start of getting better. Where are you headed after this? She says, still very weak. Uh, but as you cast Lesser Restoration, you will see that like a bit of the sparkle in her eyes is starting to return. Mm. Naturally, they're kind of a bright pink, but beforehand you had seen that they were, um, the irises were kind of a muted red. Mm. Mm. Well, we're heading to the observatory and then down to Cordest. Be careful. The air down there isn't good, and even outside of town now. Hmm, that's good to know. All the so magic is, uh... It goes strange there. Does it? How so? All of the core in the air. It bends stuff. Makes stuff weird hmm. don't trust your eyes is there any equipment or gear that we could take that would help prevent help us navigate it I still got I still got a few respirators you're welcome to them it's not much, only gotta... I'm gonna spend that something good happens right now. <laughs> and uh, she will be able to provide you with uh, four respirators. They're yeah. basically just like um, particulate masks. Mm -hmm. But she will give you four of them. You you might be able to get another one at the general store. General store mm. down there. They still use them. Go ask for, ask for Segolia. For Segolia, okay. She used to run the general store back five years ago. Old lady. She'll be able to mm. cut you a good deal. Say Flavia sent you. Question. Yes. What would Claudette think her this person's likely wage was? Like, daily wage? Ooh, daily wage for a foreman back in the day. Probably between five silver and a gold. Okay. Quite respectable, actually. Mm. I'd say, you know what, actually, for an Imperial core mine, probably between one and two gold a day. Okay. Um, she probably had quite a bit of money back in the day. Does that reflect in the way the estate is built and structured? <laughs> estate is, it... is a charitable thing here. This is yeah. a, um, 
This is probably one of the larger houses in the city. Mm. Uh, but it has fallen into a great deal of disrepair over the years. The house is solid wood construction and has held up pretty well structurally. But it's mm. the little things you notice. The paint has started to peel. Parts of the roof need to be repaired. Yeah, I'm mostly just wondering if it that sort of wage is like a visible distinction compared to the rest of the town. Like, No, you think that no. most, most of the money that she would have gotten there... Um, has probably been spent up raising her kid. Mm, okay. okay. And just keeping food on the table. Oh, um, I'm going to leave five gold on the table. Thank, thank you. For your help. Thank you for the respirators. Best of luck. And with that, you head back to meet your friends. Ivy, you've completed your task, done all of the dishes from the dinner, from the dinner meal. And uh, even some of the bar glasses. Can you do me a favor? I'm going to make you make me... I don't think you've ever washed a dish in your life. Probably as not. So I'm going to make you make oh, me no. a... I'm going to make you make me a dex check. A dex check? Okay. I'm pretty... Pretty decent. Are you, though? Dex. I am. Would it be just like a straight dex check? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to spend my determination on this. Fuck! What'd you get? You got an out one? I got an out one. Perfect. This is why I asked for these rolls, guys. Uh, so you are going Fuck. to clean all of the dishes. You are going to have, you know, actually make really good progress. And then uh, as you go to rack the final plate, oh no. uh, oh you no. are going to just kind of, oh, it looks a little unsteady. Like the stack of plates. It looks a little unsteady, so you're going to lean forward and kind of adjust them and get them just right. But you don't realize that as you do so, you kind of like pivot them up and back down. It's going to catch the edge of the dishwashing apron. And as you pull away, the entire stack is just going to crumble to the floor. Uh, you are going to lose a good 30 plates. Oh, no. That explode when they hit the ground. The halfling's going to come back to you with an incredulous look on his face. The barman is going to uh, tell your sugar. Um, pardon me, that's not his voice. <clears throat> tell your sugar mama that uh, I'm gonna need that extra gold. I'm. I'm so sorry. Clean it up. Yes, I'm. I. And don't break any more of my stuff. Yes. My apologies. I don't want your apologies. I want your elbow grease. And I yeah. want my plates fixed. Yes. She'll like hurriedly start like brooming things up. Can you sounds... mend them? Does that one work like that? Uh, you know what? So I'm gonna I'm gonna carry over that something good happens, and what's gonna happen is that as that crash comes in, you're starting to pick them up. Uh, everybody else is gonna be outside to hear that tremendous crash. You act like Claudette has mending. Leiden does. Noble. Very <laughs> does. Leiden oh. has to mend Claudette's clothes. <laughs> All right. So very and uh, very and Leiden. Claudette is are, not that sort of spellcaster. Uh, you are going to hear that crash. Very as you're waiting outside for oh, Ivy no. to head out, and Leiden as you're headed back through the door. What do y'all do? Uh, going to go investigate. Yeah. Is yeah, everything I'll okay here? He'll probably end up doing one of those things where he leans by the door. 
<laughs> you see the sign that says employees only? <laughs> Are you employees? It happened. He's seeing it's just broken plates, he's just gonna walk away. Yeah, it's not exciting. <laughs> it's not exciting. It's not a huge deal. Alright, Ivy, what do you do? Not gonna fight. Ivy's like on the ground trying to clean this up as like they're coming in. She's probably like hardly like trying to Ivy, did you plate. break some plates? Do you just always walk back where you're not supposed to be? Do you want me to fix them for you? He's gonna spit and, into and, the sink. And that's not trying to actually be, you know, like incredulous or anything. I'm, I'm legitimately asking, would, would you like me to? Because I can. Ah, if you can fix him, fix him. Perfect. And she'll wander in and she'll start, she'll start mending on him. Now that's not the way the mending works, though. Just so you know. Uh, well, mend- as long as you have the pieces for it and it's within a foot, it's one uh, break at a time. It's one break at yeah. a time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my so god. god. Each yeah, every break. So it's like you're yeah. gluing it together and you have to cast it that many times. Yeah, so it's, it's gonna it's take basic. you like an hour. So oh, yeah. hold on one sec. Let's see how many of these are in one piece. Ready? Well, in one break. You know what? I'm gonna say that if you spend about about five minutes doing this, you can re- you can fix about fifteen of the plates. Well, it's one minute per pl- per cool. casting. Okay, then it well, I said about ten minutes, right? Ooh, about 15 about minutes. Five, 15, yeah. But, well, I mean, that's, yeah. there's one of you, there's two of you doing it. Yeah, Leiden's happy to spend, like, half an hour fixing them if she has to, or an hour. No, it'll take seven and a half minutes of, of ready work between oh, the two okay. of you. Well, that's much faster than I was expecting. The other plates are just, like, I'm gonna say half those 30 are just... just they're gone? That, unless you want to spend, like, four minutes per plate, that's... And then you gotta find, like, the little bits. There's still be, like, nicks missing out of them. You don't want that. Yeah. No. I'm so sorry. You should probably get it to your telescope. Mm-hmm. But at least half the plates are good. I'll add the rest to your bill. Before we leave, because mm. Dirk's staying behind, Ivy's just going to go quickly, like, check on Dirk to make... Just to see how he's doing. What, mm. like, slip away. Maybe she did that before, while they were all out doing the gnome and stuff but yeah she just wants to like make sure he's okay and sure give him like a pat on the shoulder being like we'll be back it's somewhere high at night though dirk <laughs> i'm i'm fine it's i heard a crash fine. downstairs is everything okay i dropped some plates wow yeah honestly i've not really done dishes before yeah you don't really seem like the dishes type yeah. Have a good time stargazing. Thanks. Should be interesting. Here's hoping. And with that, you head back downstairs. Gathering up your uh gathering up your belongings. Is it time to head to the telescope? Yeah. Alright. You gather up your belongings and make your way toward the lighthouse, and then upwards to the telescope and the future which we will do when we come back from this break. So, hey, folks, don't go anywhere. We're going to take a quick restroom break, and we will see you shortly. Back in a sec. Hello, and welcome back to the Reign of Emrys here on Dork Tales. As you all gather your things up, you find yourself walking up the winding road to the tip of town. The cliff face overlooks the broad and dark sea. 
It's majestic. The grasslands around here are deep and pitted, and in the blades of green foliage you will see dozens of blue and yellow fireflies rising to the air. A field of starlight beneath the stars glitters as you walk along that old and dusty trail to the lighthouse that juts from the cliff bank like a spear up into the sky. Night has fallen above you. You can see the twin moons moving overhead as well as the glittering remains of the third that once hung in the sky. The trail of stardust glitters wide as the false stars look down at you. And above you, a sign of great fortune, the golden star twinkles down at you as well. This is a night for magic. You find yourselves at the base of the lighthouse. The air is crisp and tinged with electricity. Lights are on inside, and the old lamp sweeps the bays, illuminating not only the waves, but occasionally shady, misshapen forms crashing beneath them. The coast here is one designed for monsters and kept at bay by the burning torchlight. The front of the lighthouse is a small white stone stairwell of ten steps leading up to an old rusted iron door. A sign next to it, a plaque stuck into the, into the stone proclaims that this lighthouse is cared for by Harry Lauslin. What do you do? I'm gonna knock on the door. Doom, doom, doom. From above you, you will hear the sound of a voice calling down. Hello there! Good evening. Can I help you? I'm looking to get across to the observatory. I, I, just one moment, I'll be down in a second. What did it say his last name was? Uh, Lancelin. Lanceland? Uh, pardon me, Lancelin. My, my, uh, my writing turned an N into a U. Uh, so the name is spelled uh, Harry E. So Harry with an E at the end of it. Uh, and the last name is L-A-N-C. So uh, Lance Lynn, L-Y-N, following the word Lance. A few minutes pass. And uh, at the end of it, the door will grind open from the inside. The sound of a wheel pulling the uh, the old bulkhead door at the outside of the lighthouse open with a the door swings in on old rusted hinges and a, uh, a fairly young halfling with um, messy brown hair and a pair of glasses on the tip of his nose is going to be standing inside 
His feet are bare, and he's wearing um, a pair of coveralls that are stained with lamp oil. Hi, how can I help you? I'm looking to get across to the observatory. I'm here to fix it. Oh, you're the one that, uh, they finally sent someone. Yes, yes. I'm Veratrix. Uh, Finlow, nice to meet you. I'm the assistant here. Oh, one of, um, uh, uh, if you're looking to head across, I can take you over there right now. Um, uh, Harry, the, um, uh, my, my supervisor's over there right now trying to do what he can, but basically, um, uh, the, as far as I understand, the, the, the tele, the, um, uh, the, te- the telemetry, the temer, the, 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 the focal range is, is off and the, um, uh, the glass is kind of cracked. Do you, you can fix that? I can fix most things with telescopes. It just needs a soul star's touch. I don't know what that is, but I'm happy to have you over mm-hmm. here. Um, c- come on with me. Um, the gondola goes from midway up the tower. Okay, and she will just she she'll quite uh quite excitedly uh follow him. Y'all y'all coming? Oh yeah, yeah of course. Oh, yeah. yeah, certainly. Uh, the the gondola um can handle about twelve people, so it should be fine unless any of you is uh, supernaturally heavy. Well, I'm kidding. I'm enough. kidding. I'm kidding. I see the most of you are are ladies. It's a dumb joke. Um, uh, c- c- come on up. Luckily enough, I only weigh thirty pounds. <laughs> well, that's okay. I like him curvy. He says and walks up behind you. <laughs> He'll pause He's for just a moment. Carry on. And follow along. He takes you up midway through the tower and that is exactly where the spiral staircase that goes up the the core of this immense lighthouse has a secondary structure built off the side of it there's a floor about a hundred feet up here and moving through it you can see that there's off the side of the lighthouse a um a semicircle structure almost like a bubble built off the side of it. From it, a pair of thick, leg-thick cables made of twisted, twined iron. Pardon me, steel, not iron. That would be dumb. Uh, Stretch across the expanse. Mount Presidio is... It's too dark for any of you to see. But you imagine it must be five miles worth of cable stretching across the expanse of nothing but cold water to the island mountain. Um, hanging in front of or hanging from it is an old gondola. There are no doors, just um these little half measures that slam down and lock in place once you're inside. Two rows of benches facing forward through a thick glass windshield. As well as a motorized motorized pulley system above it. With a set of cranks just in case. It breaks down and you have to crank your way across five miles of cable 
don't worry about that. The thing hasn't broken down in... Like a generation, at least. I was just gonna ask that question. This thing runs... Uh, we run it at least twice a day. It's totally safe. Uh, go ahead, hop inside. I'll get her started up. Very, very, very happily jump in. Alright, let's go. So you're, uh... You're an artificer? Yes, yes I am. Do you want to do the honors? It's just the ripcord right there. Oh, I'd love to. And After she, you. she, she will. Give me a strength check. You got it. Ooh, that's a really good one. Nice. For my zero strength. Uh, 16. Try priming the pump a second. It always goes on the third. Yeah, it just needs to be primed. The the fuel's gone a little cold. Right. All right, give it a rip now. And with that, do you pull back? Yeah. Grabbing the pull cord with both hands, you pull it back. The engine turns over. The sound of of the pistons remains steady, and you will feel the gondola go. All right, uh, so it's just this lever. Everybody, please sit down and uh, enjoy the ride. And he slams the gear into place. And, ooh, hello, Devil's Luck. Good to see you guys. Um, And with that, you will begin to cross the immense expanse in front of you. As you begin to move across it, there is nothing around you except for darkness as you leave the lighthouse behind you occasionally you will see a swath of light as the rotating light of the lighthouse sweeps across the expanse mount presidio lies ahead of you and in the lighthouse's gaze you can just see it for a moment that silent sentinel guarding the coastline however that's not all that you see can i get a perception roll off of everyone of course. Ooh, let's try. Oh, that was so... 16. Almost a one, but not. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, perception, you said? Yes. 14. No, wait. Eight perception? 14. That's, that's going to be a well, dirty 20. I lied. I lied. Nice. Okay, dirty 20. All right. Did everybody get above a 13? Nope, I got a 12. Do you want to spend your determination? Sure, yeah. That'll okay. get me a 14. As you head across the expanse, you will begin to notice that there's more here than you thought. The fireflies that you saw on the grass back inside of Eagle's Rise are thick in the air here, glowing as they float on trade winds above the sea. You can hear the sound of crashing waves beneath you. The song of whales echoing against the mountainside wall and other things moving in the deep but that's not all that you see there's no word that comes to mind that describes them a herd a pride a gamut glowing in the night directly ahead of you and floating through the air 
tendrils dancing from beneath the fleshy sacks is a herd, a pack of horned jellyfish floating through the night. They move among the fireflies, swallowing them. And as they do, now these things look like tremendous bubbles, veined sacks full of gases like helium and other other lighter-than-air substances that keep them aloft. A pair of horns jut out from what you'd imagine would be their mouths at the bottom of the sacks. Frilled tentacles dance beneath them, occasionally scooping entire masses of fireflies into their mouths. But as they swallow the fireflies, something magical happens. These floating lanterns of light begin to convene. The fireflies will digest slowly, and in the meanwhile, they dance inside of the gullets of these floating sacks of gas, like paper lanterns released into the night sky. The attendant, Finlow, turns and looks at all of you. This is my favorite time of night to come. Are they harmless? More or less. I mean, I wouldn't go and uh, I wouldn't go and try to touch one unless it let you. But to be honest, uh, a lot of the indigenous gnomes around here used to use them as um, as mounts. They could be tamed pretty well, just as long as you don't touch the uh, the tendrils. Really? Huh. Interesting. Huh. <laughs> There's actually wow. a. What are they called? Oh, they're just, well, they're horned, um, horned skyfish, jellyfish, depends what you call them, really. There's all sorts of different names for them. I just call them, I just call them skyfish. Easing sight. Right? Very is just up against the glass, just, just wide-eyed. Hmm. How how much light are they casting? Like I'm kind of yeah. assuming that Claudette's like sketching them or something. I think they're they're casting about like a ten foot aura. I think. Okay. So enough that you can definitely see them uh, in the night. I'm just gonna see because this is actually based off of a monster inside of uh, one of the Cobalt Press ones, and I was gonna show the chat <gasps> real quick if I and oh, find yeah. the photo. Uh, oh, I'm trying to remember what they are actually called in the book. Because they are just the coolest idea. Were they horned jellyfish? Or were they... Okay. I'll check one more thing and then I'll give up. But You float across the expanse. The world forgotten behind you for just a moment. Ivy, as you do so, a thought creeps unbidden into your head. This would be better if someone else were here. Do you shake that off, or do you embrace that thought? I think for a bit she embraces it. You have something else to, to talk about. That will be good. But as you continue onward... It was Tusk... Tusked Skyfish was the actual name for it. Was them. it Tusk? Tusk? Thank you so much for that. Um, <laughs> uh, was that the name? That was the name in the book? Uh, yeah, Tome of Beasts. 
It was Tome of Beast 1? Okay, cool. So guys, yeah, page, I just wanna... Page 391. Thank you very much. I'm just gonna show you this real quick because it's a great image. Because they're Tough. really cool. So, this is what they look like. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, I like that it so much. So, so like, let me just okay, make that's, sure. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, so we we had these featured in... Uh, hold on, just pulling my focus back. We had these featured in uh, Shards and Nern, but I couldn't resist the chance to use them again because they're really cool. And they actually are used as mounts. You can tame them. Each one of these is a large-sized creature with a pair of horns. Uh, they kind of look like floating goldfish bowls made of, made of air. And uh, they're pretty rad. So. Amazing. Yeah, it's pretty great. <laughs> you float across the divide. And... Uh... Leiden wants to take a look at what everyone else is doing. Because sure. they're all distracted by this. So she wants to kind of see, like... She just wants to get a sense of where everyone else is at. What's everybody else doing? Go ahead. Uh, Ivy's probably super kind of cool. He's looking. He's looking, but he's not like star struck or anything. He's cool. Mm. Very cool. Uh, I will not be looking at it anymore. She's kind of like off in her own little world. She's kind of looking up and thinking and kind of smiling to herself. How how high are the like the the sides of the gondola before the glass starts? Uh, before the glass starts, I would say uh, along the edges, it's probably about two feet. Okay. Um, very is uh, very excitedly uh, near the like up against the glass. Just Pellerate. like she like she's just looking extremely happy. Basically, she just got a really nice smile on her face, and she's just watching these things go. She looks peaceful is the term that I'm looking for. Nice. And what's Claudette doing? Um, I think Claudette is mainly, yeah, watching them and like taking notes and mm. de-sketching. Is there any light in the gondola or is it just what's out there? There's a small lantern. Okay. So dangling overhead. But as um as the skyfish began to come out, um, Finlow climbed on top of one of the chairs and turned it down a little, so there's less ambient light instead of here. Now, you have mm -hmm. dark vision, so you can see clearly inside. Oh, yeah. Yeah. As you float across the expanse, the skyfish dance around. And in the distance, you hear something else. And in the darkness, above, just silhouetted... Oh, thank you very much for the for the gifted subs, guys. I really appreciate that. Um, up above, you will see you'll see a family of golden eagles taking flight, night hunting. Not for jellyfish, mind you. That's a case for indigestion. Well, thank you very much. Um, and you will see the majestic golden wings silhouetted against the moons above full six giant golden eagles soaring above. You realize now as you look back as the lighthouse's light illuminates the water and the side of its cliff face that there are untold nests 
dotted along the side of the cliff face, which stands nearly six, maybe seven hundred feet above the crashing waves. No, maybe more than that even. The darkness is playing tricks on you, and you've already been traveling for half an hour across the expanse. Either way, there's a reason why that town, that little burg, is called Eagle's Rise. But before long, in what seems like a moment and seems like eternity at the same point, the sound of the motor will carry you across. And with a rumbling... You will slowly slide into dock at the top of Mount Presidio. Now the mountain in front of you swallows the light with such rapidity that even those of you with dark vision are, are somewhat unnerved by it. You can smell the rolling coal fumes from the engine behind you. And as you dock on the side of the observatory, you see it is an immense domed structure, a slit down the middle like a giant's eyeball looking up at the sky. Even from here, you can see that the only light that actually seems to touch the mountain is the bit of star and moonlight that is striking against the huge, huge lens. Jutting up toward the sky. <laughs> you dock. Finlow secures things. The pair of clamps from the front of the gondola and opens the side door for you. Here we are. Um, I'll just, uh, I'll, I'll go get my supervisor and then we can get to work. Fantastic. A minute later, a portly human man, bald with a wide red mustache and burly uh, thick eyebrows on top of a pair of goggles is going to round the corner. Look at the lot of you as Finlow kind of talks and points in your direction. The room that you're in right now is kind of a U-shaped structure overlooking a vast expanse of nothingness. You can see where there are a number of ways to lock the gondola in place here. The door is at the far side of the room. This man in the coat turns and walks over to you uh, right as you're able to, uh, to step off and get some air. Hello there! Good evening! Uh, watch your step. Come on out. Come on out. Ha. Good to meet you all. I'm Harry. Harry Lanslin. Um, Hello. Ver uh, Veratrix. Hello. Uh, Soulstar. Hmm. Good to meet you. I, Soulstar. Yes. Oh, that name sounds mighty familiar. Where do I know that name? You wouldn't happen to be related to Horatio Soulstar, would you? Hmm. We Soulstars tend to stick together. Okay. He was taller than you. But, yes. uh, yeah, fair enough. Uh, so, I hear that you're all here to repair the telescope. Fantastic. I really need to get this thing back up. I'm trying to track the migratory patterns of, um, well, the stars. Naturally. <laughs> but also bits of moon rock. You never know when they fall to Earth and when they've... Well, I mean, 
I'm going to etiquette that one out of here. Um, so, <laughs> oh, 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 you never know when they fall to the surface. They're always peppering the surface of Elos, and those things are really useful. If you ever, well, I'll, I'll show you in a bit. Come, come with me, come with me, come with me. And she will very, very excitedly follow. Excuse me, did you say stars migrate like birds? Well, of course. <laughs> Sometimes the gods get tired and they move their constellations over. Huh. Interesting. Tell you what, if you don't believe me, I'll show you. I've got star charts upstairs, as well as some, well, if I might say so, empirical evidence. <laughs> it's undeniable, really. Um, so, I, I'm sorry, um, so... I'm Dr. Harry Lanslin. Uh, this is my observatory, at least for the time being. Uh, you've met my assistant, Finlo. Uh, Vashti's around here somewhere. Uh, she's a human like myself, so she's a little easier to see around um, uh, around corners. Um, Finlo, thank you for bringing them over here. Finlo here is going to be a great scientist one day. He's one of the best mechanics that I know. He's the reason that that gondola is still working. Um, stop. No, it's true. But, uh... Ooh, very good job, very good job. Very good job. Neither of us can get the damn telescope working, though. So, come on, come on, come on. Come on, show you around. Show you around. No, we all good. With that, he'll lead you through the observatory. The observatory is... austere. Stark. Largely constructed out of raw marble. Uh, can I get an arcana roll off of anybody? Who would like yeah, to? Yeah, totally. Sure. Um, you I can use like investigation, use my... if you would prefer. I want to use my inspiration so that I don't, because uh, I, dirty nah, I'll, I'll use, use my yet. arcana. Okay. 17. 17? All right, no that's things. good, too. 21. 21? All right. Ivy knows magic. Be... This would be investigation, then, I think. I've got mm. better than... Uh, nat 20. Nat 20. About time. 23 total. It's a good thing I did, because my other dice rolled a 3. Nice. As he leads you through, you're going to see that this entire structure looks to be constructed purely out of this brilliant white and gold-veined marble. However, what you're going to notice as well is that this... Everything here has a slightly domed or slanted or curved corners. There are no corners inside of most of this space at all. No place for the workmen to affix... The marble into place. No seams. Looking around, you believe that this place was shaped using magic alone. He takes you through a central domed area. A false skyline glitters above you. Magical lights illuminating the blackness of the space above you. Those of you with dark vision will not see it quite as beautifully as those without, for you'll be able to see through the the magic trick of it. But it's still beautiful. Little hanging witch lights floating in the air above you. So for example, see what I was talking about. Ten years ago, if you would have looked to the north you would have seen that constellation. He points up. That is the constellation of the Great Beholder. 
Okay, see, it's kind of shaped like an eye with that slitted iris, and it has those eight stars migrating around it. The Great Beholder, Ishara, used to be there. It's an old goddess from the Forgotten Times. But now, Ishara is in the Southern Hemisphere. There. If you go outside right now, you will see her there, looking down on the world. Over here as well, you see the Great Worm. The Great Worm hasn't changed hemispheres, but he has changed locations. More like facing. And that's, honestly, the queerest part of it all. It's almost like he's turned his face to watch Elos. I mean, I guess given the state of things, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't look away either. But still, it's very interesting. And don't even get me started about the three sisters. Why not? I mean, no, why not? Because, uh, because we're not supposed to talk about that. But uh, besides that, you can still, um, if you know where to look, you can still find Nern's star. If you look to the north, see that? He'll point up at the sky. See those two stars that are next to each other? Like a pair of eyes? Right there, the ones that seem to look right at you. One is very, very bright, and the other has a slightly red tinge. Okay. One glitters slightly blue, slightly red. Those are the twin stars of Vela. You can see the storm cloud around her. We look to the south all the way, and he draws his hand across the ceiling. I need you to look over there. This was a hard effect to get with witch lights. Over there. Look on the left. See those there three stars. Okay, part of the belt of Gren. Okay, look on the right, the shape of the feather of Kesmerea. Now what I need you to do, and this is very important, I need you to focus on the belt and the feather at the same time. Do your best to look simultaneously at the stars on the left and the right. And can I get a perception roll off of anybody who is doing this? Audit is kind of going... Thirteen. 19. I can't believe I'm making you guys also roll for magic eyes. Also roll, a roll to do a magic eye. One. Did you roll it out one? Man. You were you were gonna get like all blotchy, and you you know what, Talfrin? Oh you, man, I didn't Tal want to do this in the first place. I don't care. Okay, yeah. Talfrin. For one, you think you see a sailboat? Oh yeah, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> that sorry, I had to do my deep cut Malrath session or Malrath reference. Um, so Talfrin, you're looking up at the sky for one minute, but I'll be with you in a moment. The rest of you, as you are looking up, seeing this false sky above you, your eyes begin to cross, and for a moment you see it. It's a diamond shape, like a normal star stretched too oblong, but it doesn't shine. It's a dark star, a hole in the starlight in the shape of a diamond. 
that sucks all light in around it. A part of the black that is blacker than black. Um, for those of you who would like to see what this looks like and have the... Um, uh, this probably won't... Sorry if anybody's colorblind, but if you um, go and look up what um, Stygian Blue looks like, uh, you can all go do that right now. Uh, Stygian Blue. Uh, there's a Wikipedia article for it. Uh, please follow the instructions on Stygian Blue. That is what you see. There is, I don't believe there's really a physical way to describe this than uh, asking you to do it yourself. Uh, for those of you who might be visually impaired, you will see a color that is darker than the darkest blue you can imagine. This seems super cool. I want to do it after stream. Yeah. Uh, yeah, same. So everybody, um, if you want to take... Actually, so what, I, what I'd really like is Talfren. I'm going to continue with you right now, but everybody okay. else look up Stygian Blue and and do that. There's also several other colors on the wiki article. But yes. Talfren doesn't care. Talfren. Okay. Yes. As you glance up at the sky, you can't see this. You start to feel a little frustrated. I'm real frustrated. And that's when you're going to notice that the stars above, they're just witch lights. Moving very gently, like floating down a river. A lazy stream. But then they start to move faster. The sky begins to swirl above you. And you realize that just for a moment, no, that you're not standing anywhere inside of the observatory anymore. You take a step back to get a better look, and you can feel the squelching mud under your feet, the press of the grass as your boot stomps down on it. The swirl of stars and smoke, and you are so tiny, and you are so afraid. You can hear the dogs barking in the distance, and the sound of armor clinking, and the sound of the mechanized suits tearing flesh. And you can hear the screaming and the smoke and that damn constellation above you looms down and watches you with those red eyes. You are so small. When was the last time you saw your mother? Do you remember? Uh, I was thinking about this recently, actually. He probably very, very vaguely remembers. Very vaguely. Your mother had a very distinguishing mark on her. A scar. Where was it? It was on her back, actually. As you have this flashback, you see her run toward you, dressed in her Cataganian finery. She tries to sweep you up in her arms, but what was the scar like? Long? Wide? Was it made by burning? Blade? Impact? It looked like it was a burn scar, kind of about yay big, just right across her back. Kind of peeking out from her. From you her heard her sometimes. yell your name. Telfrin! She dived toward you. As a suit of Magitek armor loomed into view, two of the kilted warriors of your tribe stepped in. 
In a second, they were burned to bone. The flame that was not consuming their flesh burst forward and struck toward your eyes and would have blinded you had your mother not stepped in front of it, taking it on her back. Her hair went up like a lit broom. But she pulled you to safety as the rain slowly extinguished that smell of burning hair and flesh. You don't remember this memory, but you do now. And that is what you are going to pull away from this. Oh, good. More trauma. I love trauma. <laughs> Everyone's favorite. Yay, trauma. <laughs> All right. And uh, so that's what you're going to see. You're just going to have a brief moment. And um, I'm going to say, Leiden, you are going to see a slight reflection out of the corner of your eye as a little streak of water runs down Talfrin's cheek. It's so quick that anybody else, anybody less perceptive, anybody else who wasn't watching her friends wouldn't have even noticed it. But Talfrin quickly turns away and looks at other things. Interesting. Noted mentally. Ah, so you see it? You see it right there? Oh, oh let's see. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. So that's that's it's actually three stars, but because uh, of the eyes, right? <laughs> anyway, uh, you have to know your mythology to really get things like that. But I mean, you should know this. You are a you're a cleric, right? I can see that based on your vestments. Yes, indeed. Hmm. How much do I know about this? <laughs> oh, make me, make me a religion roll. You make me a religion roll, uh, and then you can ask me anything you want. I. Yeah, I was wondering about how much Ivy knew about this and how much it shouldn't be talked about. Uh, like how so much she would know. At least related to the this stuff, I've got a 16 for a 16? Yeah. Sure. So I'm not sure how much she knows about the legends and the mythology. I think pretty well. Um, okay. Yeah, feel free to ask me a question. Uh, generally, the, the three sisters are... are It's not that they're not talking... They're not worshipped in the Empire. No. Okay. Um, usually in places where the three sisters are worshipped, the, the Empire believes that chaos follows. Okay. Because basically they're in a constant feud with each other. Hmm. Uh, it yeah, goes I was back just wondering what Ivy's like reaction would be to to hear him it's talk a so little, about it. It's it's not table conversation. It's okay. uncouth. Okay. So, so this is a little uh a little unusual to encounter. This is like yeah. going out to you know what this is honestly like? It's like going to um it's like going out to um to an observatory or conservatory and hearing some of the raunchier mythology stories shared. Mm. You know, okay. and that is when Zeus, uh, <laughs> fill in the blank, it's Zeus. Every right? time. <laughs> All just, the time. Just Zeus. <laughs> and along came Zeus. Zeus is his own content warning. <sighs> yep. Yep. That's accurate. <laughs> All right. So. Hmm. Um, so that is what you were going to gather from that. Uh, but yeah, it's not something that's really talked about. It's a little, it's a little, a little racy, basically, to talk about this in public. But he figures that your high-ranking government officials, he's willing to, to, you know, 
relax a little bit. Well, anyway, I've taken up a lot of your time. Uh, I probably should let you do what you got to get to do so that you can head back. Um, we do have some bunks here, but trust me, I would not recommend them if you've got, uh, you probably got a place at the cockatrice, right? Yes, we do. Yeah, that, that bartender's uh, an interesting Something. fellow. He's my cousin. He's not really the best, Finlow says. <laughs> he um. Yeah, I've angered him. I dropped his plates. <laughs> it happens. He's um, he's going through some stuff right now. Um. Uh, try not to let it get to you personally, please. All right. Well, that's that's enough family drama. Let's go up here and we'll take a look at the uh, the telescope, and then we can see what's going on. Yeah. All right. He leads you up a long winding stairwell around the back that goes up about three floors to the peak of this tower. And as he takes you to the door, he is going to turn and, with a flourish, is going to bow. His lab coat kind of falling around like the tails of a magician's coat. Are you ready for this? Ta-da! And he swings the door open to the largest telescope you have ever seen in your life. It's nearly, oh, God, 60, 80 feet? Mm. Immense. The final lens looking up at the sky through the vaulted split ceiling has to be the size of... Ooh, a train tunnel. Nearly a 30-foot wide lens. Well, a 30-foot wide far lens. Thankfully, that's not the one that needs to be repaired. It's one of the the internal refracting mirrors has been chipped as well as one of the lenses. If Hey, if you're half the artificer that I bet you are, uh, Miss Soulstar, I think that you'll have this up and running in no time. I just don't have <laughs> the mathematical capability to be able to refract the light. I'm a... more of a cartographer than an inventor. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, in, in my family, it's my father's the cartographer, my mother's the one who does everything with the telescopes, and so between the two of them, it was just, you know, it was, and, you know, it was always, you know, hmm. I'd hear everything about telescopes, I'd hear everything about making maps and star maps and looking at different stars, constellations. That's why I have hmm. a really nice constellation hairpin. It's from my, from my mother. Oh, it's really great. And oh, I'm just, I'm so excited. Absolutely, right. and I'm really glad Let's they sent you down instead of one of your brothers or cousins. Honestly, and I don't want to sound old, and I don't want to sound at all sexist when I say this, but it really, whenever you're dealing with light or colors, it really helps to have a woman's eye. Mm, yeah, especially you're something just, like this. Right, you just, you'll be able, you just will see things that, that especially my eyes, he pulls off the, the goggles and holds them up, and you can see they are prescription. I just can't, I just, anyway... Please, uh, get to work. I won't hold you down. Um, uh, or hold you up. <laughs> We're sorry. It's been a long day. Can I get uh, coffee or tea for any of you? I've also got some um, some cookies. We call them biscuits out here. Tea? Uh, Tea's apps. good. Uh, we have black and... Still have the green? We still have the green. Black. All of black. And uh, cream and sugar. Or milk and sugar if it's tea. Just yeah. black. I'll take a coffee. Thank you. Just black. Sounds good. Well, please uh, grab a seat wherever you'd like to. Um, and if there's anything else I can do, we have a 
a fantastic um, meteorite exhibit around mm. as well. It's more, it's, it's okay, it's a little small. It's more of a lab than anything, but it's, you know, meteorites under glass. You can't really, can't really fight that. All right. I would love to see sure. it. Um, sure. Sure, yeah, we'll take a look. They'll idly entertain you. Is what's going to happen for the next um, next probably <laughs> two hours? Claudette will grill him with questions, just very excitedly. Nice. Um, uh, so, what do you want me to do to repair the telescope, Kelly? I think that um, I think that what I'd really like you to do is make me a. I mean, the role for this doesn't really exist. So let's say right. <laughs> I feel. Are you trained in Arcana? Um, let's see what I. What are have. What are your proficient skills? Oh, you know, uh, you, you, you oh. know what you do have. Um, what tool proficiencies do you have? Um, artisans and smiths. Okay. Yeah, both of those would be fine. And uh, proficient in sleight of hand and Arcana. Okay. So right off the bat, I I only have two proficiencies. I thought I'd have more than that. Uh, I don't think so because you only get so many for class and background. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. It's much smaller, and because you get so many other things, you don't get as many proficiencies. Uh, yeah, that's so right. So, what I would like you to do is go ahead and make me a um, make me a first a tool proficiency roll for your um, artisan's tools. Basically, okay. to just kind of like dissect this and lay out all your pieces, put them on the mat. Don't let the screws fall down like the little holes in the floor. All right. So that is going to be a. Uh, a 17. Okay. With a 17, you can kind of address the problem. Yeah, it looks like one of the refracting lenses has, has snapped. You think probably because they were observing something with too much light and basically it heated up. And the glass of the lens just couldn't take it. I mean, this is basically a death ray if the light hits it just right. So, and then you'll actually notice that whoever calibrated this last seems to have um, installed one of the lenses in backwards, which is probably what led to the problem in the first place. It will still function correctly, uh, but these are heat-treated unidirectionally. That's something you'll have to switch as well. And then finally, it looks like one of the mirrors, uh, the heat from this did kind of knock it off center. So some of the reflecting mirrors are not able to gather um, uh, the correct amount of focus, basically. Okay. And it's been a long time since I've done astronomy, so I'm pulling that last part out of my butt. That's fair. So, uh, uh, I, oh, sorry. So uh, to do all the math, let's go ahead and make an arcana roll. Coming right up. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and throw my inspiration at this. Sounds good. If you get a nat 20, you'll be able to fix this in less than an hour. Well, it's not a nat 20, unfortunately, but it is a 22. A 22? All right. So with a 22, uh, it'll take you about an hour to do this, but your work is going to be not only good, uh, it is going to be, in your own humble opinion, flawless. <laughs> which is extra funny because inside of the case of this immense telescope is a log diary stuck to the inside pasted against the metal like it should a place for the maker's marks to be left basically a life record of all of the maintenance on this device 
as you finish the job and look through the telescope first just to do a quick check you'll need to actually get probably the scientist in here to really take it for a spin you check the maker's marks and as you do you'll see that the last initials signed here are CS The person who installed that singular lens in back to front instead of front to back was your mother. <laughs> she, uh, Vary's going to sign her initials underneath. Of, uh, underneath. Mm -hmm. um, and she's going to log that away to make fun of her mother next time she sees her that sounds fantastic because that is hilarious so the rest of the party has been taking on a tour of moon rocks and other things throughout the exhibits um is there anything in particular you would have wanted the tea is solid it's one of the few things that the uh, the empire pays to get out here the coffee is yeah, the coffee's pretty good actually it's not espresso but it's you know it's it's a smooth, highly acidic, uh, bold coffee with kind of, if it was this world, I would say it kind of has like, um, kind of like probably a Jakarta flavor to it. For those of you who know, like Indonesian coffee versus Starbucks barista. Hey, um, for like a day. Um, that's a story <laughs> for later. Um, so, but it has like that more acidic body to it. Um, yes, Robin, you have a question? I think Lita was first. Oh, well, basically, Lita's just going to drink the tea, and then she's going to try and drink as much coffee as she can. Okay. You will be able to drink 14 coffee. Cool. Okay, well, I think that's, that's a lot of coffee. It's 14, 14, 14 ounces 14 or ounces of coffee. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Probably, they're probably, I'm assuming they're going to give, like, those smaller cups. Like, it's not a big cup because it's, like, like you know? And I don't I've know. Just, I've just heard like of the, the chat guests. talking about coffee, and someone brought up Arab coffee, <laughs> and I'm just like, bing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so Leiden's wired. All right. So you're wired. Perfect. You could wait. It's Wake the Dead Coffee. That's going to be Leiden's retirement goal. Is she going to start a Wake oh. the Dead Coffee Company? There's a Death Wish Coffee Company. Just this is not this is true. There. Anything, but oh my. Yeah. <laughs> Oof, still I'll say, Ivy's probably most curious about the stars. So she's probably like not as much interested in the meters and meteorites. She's more like, I want to see more star charts. Sure. I know uh, he'll show stars. you through some charts. Star charts. Um, do you want to see older ones or newer ones? Um, probably newer ones. Newer ones? Yeah. Sure. Uh, it'll show you a bunch of newer ones that basically like, um, uh, the constellation of, of Basir is a particularly lovely one. Um, the, um, uh, the, the sky above is basically divided up into the two hemispheres, but also into the two categories, the Shasha and the Airy. Um, being the two predominant sides of the pantheon of gods that are up there. But there are also a number of other monsters and creatures up there as well that are not particularly well divided as such, uh, as well as some of the uh, the titans that are represented in the stars as well. So when did the shift happen between the older gods and the newer gods? Oh, many, many thousands of years ago, but... Um, uh, I let me see if he actually knows this story. Oh, he um, 
there seems to have been uh, there seems to have been some tour of transmogrifying event back uh, back in the day that led to the um, uh, led to the death of the old pantheon. Uh, minus one, of course, he says, gesturing over to Leiden. The orphan. Thus his name, the orphan. In yes. um. But I mean, we all, you all know the story, right? And then the gods found the world. The two tribes of gods met on the barren virgin, uh, newly virgin world, um, finding only a suckling babe remaining from the previous world and, and thought this place was good, and so they made it their home, bringing their friends and loved ones to it as well and populating this new and untamed land with magic and wonder. Etc. 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 I didn't. Did, 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 did that answer your question? Was that? Yes. Yes, I think so. I just, it's very interesting. Oh well. Stars move and that. <laughs> I'm actually more interested myself, though, in the moon, the mm. the missing one. So once upon a time, up in the sky, there were three moons around Elos. And from my calculations, right now, there are the two. Right? Each of them, um, quite large. In fact, if you looked up and at any given time held a, uh, you know, held a gold coin at about um, half arm's length, it's about the size of the moon above you, usually, right? By my calculations, were you to look up some 10 to 15, maybe even 20,000 years ago, the traces of the third one that we see, the soft belt of debris that floats and glitters in the sky on clear nights would have been as if holding a buckler at arm's length. Lee, do you have a buckler? You use a small yeah, shield, she, right? Yeah, she has a shield. Can I see your shield? It, yeah, she'll hand it over. He'll reach into his pocket and pull out an imperial gold coin. And he will place them in such a way that it is obvious that the moon that he describes is 10, 20, 50 times larger than the ones that dangle in the sky. An entire world. What makes you think it was so large? There's still bits of it up there that you can see. And um, there's a curvature that exists. A natural curvature that if you observe, it's... I've been using one of the devices that I've installed onto the telescope that is uh, able to refract uh, just a portion of light. And I've been monitoring the way that the light refracts and the... Um, the signatures that are provided back to the equipment. Uh, mm. Everything in nature offers a 
We absorb light by looking at things. Everything has a distinct color. Everything has a distinct texture. Like, for example, if I were to... I look in your eyes, your eyes are very... What color are Leiden's eyes? I think they're blue. Like a very pale blue. Your eyes blue. are very, very pale blue. Right? However, if you look at things under certain types of lenses, you can detect... Uh, and he's basically going to explain spectro uh, spectrography to you. Oh, that's a hard word to say when you're tired. Uh, but spect spectrography. Um, but yes, he's kind of making a magic spectrographer. Cannot speak tonight. Uh, basically. Uh, and th you guys know what that is in real life, right? So basically what it is is that every element has its own different, um, different um, light signature and pattern that you can use to test what something made of based on like a color wheel almost. It's really neat. Done oh, in a lab them. They're cool. They're cool. They're cool, right? Fun to use. I because I actually like I did geology for a little bit. It was weird. Mm. Um, did a lot of scratching stuff. Um, yeah, Moe's hardness scale for the win. Um, oh yeah. Uh, so. And uh, yeah, so he's basically going to say that um, judging by the chemical composition that he's able to observe, he's seeing that there are definitive layers in what is floating around as well as it appears that the um, mantle crust and core are made of different minerals and materials and that by using this he's been able to chart over the last 10 years that some of the larger pieces that are still there not only have a verified curvature um, but also have um, he's basically putting a jigsaw together backwards I guess is what I'm saying these are some wild leaps, and the more he talks about it, the more mad scientist he sounds. And Claudette is highly entertained. But it does sound like a nice fanciful fairy tale. Whether or not it's true is beside the point. At the very least, at one point, that moon was much larger, and it was in one piece. I'm really curious. Because we don't know what happened to it. It's like everybody just forgot. They did. <laughs> we should probably go check in on your friend. Probably. And uh, as they head back into the main room, very, you were just finishing up putting the initials in. How's it going in here? Oh, all done. That was quick. Yeah, well... I just had to fix my mother's mistake, that's all. Oh, you're kidding. Yeah, she put one of the lenses in backwards, and of course they're only heat, heat treated on one side, and so you were getting an issue where it was basically, it was heating up and broke a lens, broke a mirror, all that because my mom put it in wrong. <laughs> Usually it's, uh... <clears throat> well... <laughs> I'm so happy that I had a soul star to fix a, stole, a soul star's mistake. <laughs> the only ones that can. Now, you ready to do the, do you want to do the calibration now? I mean, it's a perfect stargazing night. Yes, 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 yes. For sure, please. All right. Um, now, as you head up to it, Very, uh, I need to know, are you going to just start, like, reorganizing it, or are you going to take a glance through what was already being observed? Uh, I'm going to take a glance to what was already being observed. Okay. Now, the way that the telescope was already being observed was low on the horizon. 
and uh, quite low, actually. About as low as this particular telescope can get. It was pointed kind of north by northwest. Oh, north by northeast, actually. And as you take a glance through, can you make me a perception roll? Yeah. Uh, 18. 18. Looking through, you are going to see that this is not pointed at the sky at all. This is pointed down, 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 on to the land. You're looking at an immense waterway between old alpine growth forests reaching skyward. And also, down there, fire. Fire is licking upward. And you are going to notice that There is... there's fire spreading everywhere. An old, tall building. A castle, a fortress, stands tall. It's on fire. Do you focus the lens? Yeah. As you do, you are going to see the spires of an ancient Emresian fort to the north, Kasluxia, being sieged and burned to the ground. Arrows fly through the sky, lit by arcane fire. Magic hurls across the battlefield. Explosions <laughs> of fire, blue and green flame. Suits of Magitek armor turn and unload shot after shot into raging Katoganian tribesmen. You're watching the fortress fall in real time. What do you do? Um, Christine, yes. had, you, had you mentioned anything to the party about Kasluxia and why you were interested in it? Yes. I think I've said a few times that, oh yeah, I'd like to stop by Kasluxia as my, my brother's stationed there. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I do remember that. Okay, I just wanted to double check. Um, so, at that, uh, for anybody who's watching her, she, Vary is going to, like, very visibly, like, she's going to, like, jump back from the eyepiece um, with probably, like, a very, um, like, a very uh, shocked expression and turn to Claudette. And are say, you, are you okay? You're. Did you hang um, yourself? Huh? 
you should probably... You said your brother's at Kaz Luxia, right? Yes. Um... She's gonna look very confused. Like, this is a very odd thing for you to bring up. It... doesn't really look like it's there anymore. Sorry, what? The what is that? telescope's what? pointed towards it, and it's currently under siege. Ivy's gonna turn to the scientists and uh, stare them down. What? Um, we do do um, investigative work for the Empire, of course. And we're not using the telescope as, uh, for its original scientific purpose, we use it to do looks into Cataganian and Avalsinian territory. It was, um, we were monitoring some of the situation when it broke, actually. Did you send word? Well, yes, I sent word that the telescope had broken. It's been broken for weeks now. And you were just monitoring Kazlexia? When it broke, yes. I don't think I like your tone. I'm not... I don't have any tone. Ivy always has a tone. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Ivy tone. It's the That's Ivy true. tone. Well, hi, Raid. Right. I'd like to inside check this this yes, scientist. Yeah, can I do that as well? Yeah, totally. Very. Can I take a look? Um, and Leon will step forward. Very will step step away from the eyepiece and direct oh. you to use it. Um, I'll we'll look through it. I'm gonna spend you... my determination on this too. Sure. I was gonna make it. I'm twenty if I could do insight as well. That's gonna it's be a dirt. Uh, twenty-two. Nice. And Kelly, I watched you scribble that out. <laughs> yeah, no, I saw. I looked at the map. <laughs> yeah. The, the, um, I was like, oh, oh no. So for those of you, um, the players have access to just like the world map on Roll20 and Christine watched me slowly scratch out Kazluxia with the pen. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh no. And put like a little fire thing on it. Yeah. Yeah. Fire! This fortress Wait. on fire. All right, so uh, real quick, um, as you were inciting him, what did you all get? 20. 20. Um, there's something a little bit off about it, Talfren. You're... You're not 100% sure what it is, but he's acting a little defensive. Yeah. Uh, Ivy, you're going to get the sense with your 22? Yeah. There's something that he's not mentioning about this, but you think, both of you think that he's telling the truth to an extent. You think there's a little bit more, and Ivy, you think that he's holding back something that he doesn't want to talk about. You don't think that he's probably going to give without extreme pressure but who knows what you can manage you're you're a special person um mm -hmm. 
Claudette, what are you and Leiden doing? Um, Claudette is probably just endeavoring to not have a hysterical meltdown. Okay. Leiden. Leiden's gonna turn, like, once she looks through and sees that, she's gonna turn back, look at Claudette, and say, the letter. Is this what it meant? In your head, you hear the words of the letter again. Do not look to the light. The sun sets and will rise again. Test the girl's metal. I would like, uh, Christine, can I have Claudette make me an insight roll, please, using your your feet? Oh, okay. Um... Basically to solve a riddle? Or a, uh... I think, actually, the... The linguist feat doesn't really work that way. Does it not? No, it's you can create ciphers. Oh, okay. But it allows you to understand code. I so, misremembered it. All right, the time. so both of you, uh, you can make me an insight roll or you can aid another, and one of you can take point. Your call. I can aid. I think your insight's probably better than mine. Or maybe um, not. Mine's not plus necessarily. Seven. You're the wisdom one. That's true. Sure. So I will aid lead in, I think. Sure. So I'll roll with advantage. Yes, please. Yeah. And not brilliant, that's a 15. A 15? Yeah. I rolled a six and an eight. Pay no attention to Kazluxia. Oh. Things come and things go. We can always take it again. Hmm. Keep I her busy. That... <sighs> troops have been moved away. Maybe he was in one of those groups. Maybe. Or were they meant to let it fall? Well, as as they're kind of talking, Ivy is slowly and cautiously taking a somewhat defensive stance, moving towards the scientist, trying I'll to be back her up. Stealthy-ish, not like super aggressive, but like yeah. she's she's starting to move towards him. Well, whatever's going on over there, you should probably make sure to reset the telescope as best as possible. He needs to be back up to uh, all of the collect the correct telemetry. He doesn't seem to be paying attention to you at all, actually. He's turned back to speak with Vary. While you're here, I need to make sure that this is back up or else my work's not going to be able to continue. Miss Solstar? Um, yeah, sorry. Um, Are you going to be able to continue? Um... Yes, let's, let's, let's look I at it. I understand um, that this is very disturbing, but there's nothing that we can do about it right now from our vantage point. We're scientists. Okay. I was going to try and give him, like, the most pathetic look ever, like, with persuasion or something. Sure. Make yeah, him go feel ahead. a little bad. <laughs> okay, you're just trying to, you're just trying to, uh... 
Just make him feel bad about saying that to her right when he's Can I give you some... Also gonna put hand on shoulder to like comforting sympathy for Claudette. Okay. She has the perfect teary eyes. You got a nat twenty? <laughs> yes. <laughs> mm. He's gonna he's gonna shut up at this point. Uh uh Talfrin and Ver er, and, and Ivy, what do you do at this point? You've advanced. He's not even paying attention to you really. I think at this point. Calvin's gonna let Ivy take point because she's obviously sniffed out a bit more than he has. Yeah, I'm just wondering, like, with her training with the Empire, would she know to get involved with something like this, or would this be something where she's been taught to back off? It depends. If um, honestly, you would be taught. This is political. This is your training would say, "Do not get involved." What are you going to really do, though? Yeah, I think she's worried, slightly worried for Claudette. This is the problem with making friends. I know, it's so difficult. Her training's like... Yeah, no, Claudette probably talked really excitedly about after this going up to Kazlexia. Yes, I know. And I think she can, like, read the... I think she hasn't seen her brother for several years. They just had letters. So she's gonna take out her dagger and kind of just walk up behind him. Okay. Uh, are you going to grab him? Yes. Okay. Uh, you do not have to make a roll for that. I'd like you to make me an intimidation roll with advantage, though. Okay, cool. Uh, that advantage is from probably Talfern. What are you doing? He's coming up behind her. If she's going for it, he's going to still behind, though, but backing up and being like he can't run kind of thing. So I think she's grabbed him from behind. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Um. Kind of like the, like, she she'll, the like, put her hand like kind of in like over in front of his chest and then kind of have the, the dagger kind of not poking oh him God, but like that. he can yeah. feel the dagger at his side okay kind of thing he'll kind of he'll kind of step into view from the front i think well, claudette is gonna have a turn to lead in to apparently ivy's yeah. very 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 intimidating Ooh. that's gonna be a nat 20. And that's oh, twenty. Beautiful. So that's that's uh that's just Good twenty because I have no intimidation apparently. Do you not? <laughs> no, I have zero charisma. I have zero charisma. <laughs> charisma is my that's, dump stat. That's funny well, though. That's I have ten charisma. <laughs> and right. I took uh, pro, um, proficiency in deception and persuasion, but not intimidation. <laughs> so Ivy's got nothing. So okay. it's gonna be twenty. All right, so as you grab him from behind... And she'll say, You're not telling us the whole story. Uh, no, I... Uh, what, are you, what are you doing? Please! Le- leave me alone! L- let me go! What aren't you telling us? Uh, nothing! There's... There's nothing! It's... it's there's the telescope no, broke! something. Why did it break? Because it was installed incorrectly. You Why heard her. Are you looking at Klaslexia so much? I wasn't. Who I... was? And where are you putting the uh, the blade in? Um, kind of as like underneath his ribs on his side, kind of just like Here poking it, not drawing blood. But she's like, she'll start pressing harder. Uh, okay. All right. All right. I wasn't the one looking. Th- threw it when it broke. Who was? 
I'll take a deep breath and... No, I... They'll... I can't. They'll... Tell us now. And she will start pressing harder. It was... Akario! Akario Merovic! Claudette, that is your cousin. That's Virgil's son. Tell us more. He came here two weeks ago. No, three. To check on conditions and make sure that everything was good. We were here to... During the day, we monitor conditions. At night, we're able to use the science as it should be. He said that he was... He was planning an invasion of Katogain. Then the lens broke because it was being used improperly during the day. He wasn't supposed to look at that vantage point that time of day. It would have brought too much attention, too much light in. Almost like he didn't want anyone to be able to see what's going on. I don't know anything about that, but I sent for aid as soon as possible so that we could monitor and keep this place safe. If the telescope had been operational, we would have been able to see any troop movements. Yes. I did my duty to the Empire. Hmm. At that, she'll kind of back off on the blade. She'll just release it a little bit. He's going to kind of fall to his knees and keep breathing very, very deeply. She'll, she'll kind of like kneel down and like stare at him in the eyes and like death, kind of not death, but she'll like glare at him and be like, thank you for your honesty. You do good work. I appreciate your service. And she'll get up. My good service is going to get me killed. Merovic belongs to the Order. You would do well to forget everything you just heard if you don't want them after you. What now? Order? <laughs> I was gonna say, have I heard what that word before? Same time. You can make me a history roll with disadvantage if you'd like. Would like to? I would like to. I absolutely don't know. Mm. Ten. Seven? No, sorry, nine. That's a nine. Twenty-two. Twenty-two. Damn! Um, Dang! Okay. Claudette, you've, and you, eighteen. You've heard rumors that there is a secret cabal that exists inside of the political elite and military inside of Emrys that, uh, basically, kind of like the Freemasons or a secret society that actually runs things behind the scenes. One part secret society, one part secret police. There are always rumors of people being able to vanish people. In any empire. You had heard one night in your youth 
something about this order. These special officers. You had no idea that Akario Maravik was one. But you heard over drunken conversation once some five, six years ago? There are two members of this secret group that you do know. One is named Virgil Maravik, your uncle. The other is Crispin Belmont. Of course. At least it was before he retired. They will. If you let a word of that slip, they'll come for you. At that, you'll hear a voice at the door. <clears throat> Excuse me? Is everything alright? A tall woman, human, in her late 20s, blonde hair pulled back into a bun, will cut the tension. A tray of cookies and tea. Would oh, um, let's 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 get this telescope reset. Um, would anyone like refreshments? Uh, I'm sorry, I I was I was trying to refill. I'm I'm Vashti, the one of the lab assistants. Um, thank you. Biscuits would be nice. Please, um, they're really good with the black tea, she says, and sets them down. Sorry to interrupt. In sight, how much does it seem like she heard? <laughs> Probably a decent amount. She looks very awkward right now. <laughs> how right. sincere does her awkwardness look, if I can insight it? Sure, yeah. Uh, not natural 20 again. Um... Looks like she's trying to defuse the situation more than anything. Okay, okay. Um, but she's a honestly. You get the sense that she doesn't care one way or another. No, oh, all right, fair enough. You see right through her. It is. A, it is a feigned. Oh, is everything okay? I'm sorry to be awkward. Mm. It's it's quite all right. Um, thank you, Vashti. I really appreciate you being here, he says, and she'll nod and back away slowly. I, I'll go back to work sorting samples then, if that's all right. Um, just leave whatever you, um, leave it here. I'll clean it up in the morning. She'll nod and back into the hallway behind her. What do you all do? Ian's gonna eat some cookies. Very is gonna get to work on recalibrating the telescope. Make me an arcana roll real quick. She's like, I don't know what's happening, but I know my telescopes, and that's great, and that's a 17. Sounds good. Um, 17? Well, Sounds... it's just gonna be pacing back and forth, putting all this together. 
trying to work out what this means. Leiden will hand Claudette a cookie. Claudette's gonna actually just knock it away. She's, like, incredibly upset, but also really angry. Because she's starting to put stuff together and be like... I think Ivy will go up to the scientist, um, Harry, and be like... We, yes, we saw nothing, you saw nothing. Right? I saw nothing. If this is something... If this is... uh, You should be careful about exposing anything. There are bigger wheels than... Please... Fix the telescope, and I'll have Finlow bring you back. Uh, what'd you get on your roll, Very? Uh, 17. 17? As you plop back down into the seat and look, you'll get one more view of the top of Kasluxia, collapsing and falling. And then you gaze at the stars. It takes five minutes, that's all, to reset the focus to make sure that it all works correctly. It just takes an artisan's touch. You're able to do it. And it's perfect. You saw so many people die. And the light for it fall. It wasn't the falling that sticks in your mind, but the plume of debris and dirt that rose up from it. You could almost hear the choking of the soldiers as the battlefield was encased in the black dust. Uh, With that, um, because that's a lot on her mind and she wants to do something that's not thinking about that. Um, so she's going to think back to on the train. She met that half elf mm-hmm. um, who asked her if uh, she could uh, light a small offering on um, seeing the golden star. Okay. So she would like to train it on that and do that because that seems like something nice to do. The golden star is um, is a lovely, beautiful star about as big around as your pinky nail glittering up in the sky. As you look at it through the telescope, it is one of the most transfixingly beautiful celestial bodies that you have ever seen. For a brief moment, it gives you peace. You light an offering to it. And will feel a soft light glow down on your flesh. Uh, Very, you are going to gain a, um, a 24-hour boon. Uh, the next time you have to make an arcana check or a uh, an intelligence-based check of any kind, you will have advantage. Um, so probably shouldn't write that down it's just gonna next 24 hours but 
Yeah, but that way I'll remember it for next game. Sure. Okay, well, um, your telescope's reset and calibrated. Good. That's that's. Just be careful where you point it. Although, with the lens in correctly now, it shouldn't matter anyways now good either so well thank you for coming i greatly appreciate your time here mm -hmm. uh, be safe all of you F finlo uh yes sir coming finlo will arrive at the door leading the cookies here aren't particularly tasty actually they're a bit too dry and there's just not enough sugar maybe they were made with stevia there's just a taste to them Blech. it's just that kind of sharp slightly bitter taste hmm. do I recognize it uh you can make me uh make me a perception roll sure oh I sure don't well maybe I do my perception no my perception's not that good it's a 10 okay you're gonna feel overall like mm, I mean honestly it's been a long day. You're fine. You're actually feeling, despite all the coffee, you're feeling a little tired. Like, you're just worn out. Well, the sooner we get back to the mainland, the happier I'll be. I have hope that your brother was sent away, Claudette. Do you all allow yourselves to be led back to the gondola? Mm-hmm. The trip back is silent. And almost sensing your pain, the hooked skyfish, or the horned skyfish, are no longer out. Only the expanse of black, occasionally punctuated by the sweeping of the lighthouse, greets you. It is a long and painful voyage. And before long, you will find yourselves back at the cockatrice. Try as you might to stay awake and fight it, sleep still comes. But none of you will have a restful night. What started out as beautiful ended in tragedy. And as you awaken the next morning, a bit later than intended, the breakfast hall is abuzz. A fisherman is talking loudly. It's almost 9 a.m. Checkout is at 10. That's where, that's where I saw him. They're floating in the waves. It's unbelievable, really. Why would he do such a thing? I don't know. Why would he do that? There's a big bustle at the front of the room. What do you do? You try to listen in? Lena absolutely yeah, wants to listen in. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what kind Lynette of like... is pretty sure she knows what's about to, what she's about to hear. Bloated. Like he choked. Alright. But I know. I know a suicide when I see one. Uh, by the time I got to him, the fang fish had already eaten the bits off his face. 
barely recognise him. <laughs> if not for this, he tosses a little metal badge onto the table. See? I ain't full of shit now, am I? Right there. Glancing down, you will see an Imperial insignia. Dr. Harry Lancelin. Does anybody ask what happened? What? What happened here? What? Oh, good. Another story. What tell happened you, to him? You bought my breakfast and I'll tell you. Yeah, sure. I was out fishing, right? Going for croup right at the beginning of the morning. Right when they're just waking up and they're groggy and fucking stupid. Well, I found one. Bloated fat body right there next to Mount Presidio. You know how he's got that overlook next to that big lensy thingy? Well, the scientist, the, the fat one with the red hair who's in here all the time, found him bobbing in the water. Little fangfish had already crawled inside of his eye sockets. Eat his face right out. Well, it was him. I can tell. See, goes badge. Got the body in for, uh, uh, for investigating, for funerating. It's too bad, too. Not a bad guy. Contacted the light earlier today. Nice girl, pretty one. The one with the with the dark skin. Said he left a suicide note last night. Poor blighter. And hopefully the next one we get in here will be a bit more... Hmm, a bit more fun. You said they had the body for investigating and, and for rights. I'm a cleric of the orphan. Uh, yeah, they've got it over the town hall. I'd like to go take a look. Suit yourself. Just buy me my breakfast. Yeah, of course. Um, how much would that be for? Like two copper. Yeah, she'll she'll toss it down. A few minutes later, you find yourself in town hall. It's a meager structure that doubles as the church at times. Symbol of the orphan is hanging overhead, and as you approach, one of the town, one of the um, one of the secretaries of the town. Of course, there's only two of them, including the mayor, being a secretary and a notary themselves. We'll let you in. Your credentials will speak for themselves. Standing over the body, it is a horrific sight indeed. The flesh has been completely peeled away, revealing the bone and meat beneath. The scalp, once sweaty and ringed with a horseshoe of red hair, is now nothing but white skull. However, the fish were only able to get to the exposed bits. They're not particularly good at tearing cloth. Hmm. What do you do? Ivy would like to investigate the body. Okay. Did you come with? Yeah? Okay. Yeah, um, yeah. She, she feels will, really guilty right now. Leiden will want to make sure that the room is... That there's no one else in the room. Like, none of the okay. people from the town. Just asking for like, privacy. I would like a medicine roll. Absolutely. Let's see if my dice fail me now. Don't fail me now. Oh my fucking god, they failed me. Did they fail you? Well, is, is Ivy helping you? 
I was gonna say I was. I could. Hey, are you helping? If you're yeah, helping, helping, then I rolled out with advantage. Yeah. I can roll another dice. Thank goodness. Yeah, yeah no, that's why. Like she would Oof. be helping. Okay, because otherwise it was gonna be a one. Right. So anyway, um, the actual roll is going to be a twenty-two. Okay, a twenty-two. Yeah. All right. With a twenty-two, as you investigate, you are going to draw some blood using one of Ivy Syringes. But more than that, you're going to notice a couple of things. A quick check of the body reveals. They're... his lungs are barely full of water at all. I didn't drown. He was dead by the time he hit the ground. But I figured. And after a quick check, you'll find that there's something sweet and bitter smelling on the water you're able to squeeze out of his gut. And moreover, a quick incision, because bleeding isn't squeamish, right? Oh god, no. It's a quick autopsy. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is you disrobe him, you cut into him, checking a bit of blood. And this is actually a quick incision into his side. Mm-hmm force the needle in and draw some fluid out of his bladder spraying it onto the onto the table you can smell a bitter aroma rising to the air it smells not unlike what was mm. masked in sugar and almonds and butterscotch in the cookies and I'd like you both, uh, if you can make me a... Uh, does anybody have proficiency with a poisoner's kit? Congratulations. I'd like you to make me this roll. Sweet. I'm going to put my determination on it, too. All right. Sounds good. Okay. Okay. So um, that I had that proficiency twice, then? Yes. Right? Yeah. Okay. So that's going to be 19. Draw poison. A simple compound that renders the victim asleep. It's what I have. It is exactly what you have. Hmm. Works great through um, through wounds, but if ingested, it's a little slower. But very effective. In fact, the only thing that really can counter it well significant doses of stimulants like having three or four cups of coffee in a row already coursing in your bloodstream before that laden hmm. besides that you draw you nod off to a blissful sleep and once sleep takes you with drow poison you are absolutely numb and paralyzed looking down at the body Smelling that bitter aroma on the air. You are undoubtedly aware that this was not suicide. This was a murder. And above you, as we pan outside of the hall, a second murder takes flight. A group of ravens 
headed to preordained locations with messages bound around their legs have already announced what they know about you five. But that is something that we'll have to figure out next game. Uh, but hey, congratulations, you've hit another stage in the, hmm, this empire sure is interesting, uh, which is worth mm -hmm. level five. Woo! Woo! Yeah! There you go, guys, Very level interesting. five. Oh my hey. god! <laughs> Oh no! Yes, this empire. Interesting. Oh, it's great, right? Oh, no, no. What is this? I do appreciate that Leiden manages to avoid poisoning by drinking fourteen coffee. That's right? why I had your old advantage. I, I hit coffee. Amy up in private chat for that one. I was oh, like, I no. I figured as much. Nice. After you'd said the bitter, I was like, oh, I bet those are poison. Oh yeah, I was no, like, I did mm, cookies. Ooh. Yep, poisoned. Mm -hmm. All right, so I want everybody to roll their hit points right now. Remember, oh, ones and twos are test rolls because they suck. Gotcha. Oh, cool. Gotcha. Roll a d12. Okay. Roll. Six. What a, a d12. That's wild. I just have a d8. Did you roll? Did you roll a 12? I rolled no, a two. Nine. That's still pretty good. It's still pretty good. Okay, it's a four. All right. I'm at, ooh, 52. Beautiful. Right, come on, d6. Don't fail me. <laughs> roll a so one. The... I'm at 45. All right. Five. That's not bad. That's, that's, that's literally the second best you can get. There you go. Well, oh well, uh, chat. I have to get like quick level ups. Yep, but I gotta get them to. I gotta get them where I need them, so that they can survive. So, <laughs> so pity uh, level. It's a pity yeah. level. Well, you guys were gonna get a level when you got to Cordist, but uh, that's mm. gonna be like midway through next episode, so I didn't really feel like it. Mm. So I'm like, eh. I think Woo, that proficiency boss increase. This is true. So uh, oh, some fun yes. things that everybody nice. gets at this level. I have no idea what Ivy gets because Blood Hunter doesn't exist in paper. Uh, um, I think I don't get much. I think I pretty much just get my uh, second attack. Nice. Uh, Talfrin mm -hmm. gets a second attack. Talfrin, you also gain plus ten Yay. movement speed. Oh, I go fast. I Everyone's fast, proficiency guys. bonus goes up by one. Yay! Yay. Um, oh, I get my destroy undead. Ooh, that's oh, that's, gonna be, that's useful. <gasps> I get two second level uh, spell slots. And you get third level spell slots, Amy. I do. I do. Yeah. Which means that Claudette gets third level spell slots, which means Claudette has fireball if she wants. Christine, you've never had fireball before. Oh, no. What? My hemocraft oh, die goes up to a D6. I have, I <laughs> Oh shit! So when I roll for my crimson right and shit, I you, might lose up to six HP? hit points now. Oh, no. Yeah, more HP. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Okay, it's fine. Two, it's fine. Second, Everything's fine. Two third level slots. Sweet. Okay. Ooh. Ooh. Oh man, this is getting. Interesting. Getting Thankfully, interesting. Ivy hasn't given her name oh. to anyone in this town yet, but the description. Oh, gee, first, let's probably. see. Bla Blood Hunter, Teeth. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know, like... I know, I know, I know. I know. <laughs> I know. It's bad. Right. It's bad. It's, fine. it's real bad. Here for long. It's fine. Yeah. Everything's fine. How are you? Fine. All right, so folks, yeah. that's going to be it for us tonight here on the Reign of Emerys. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope that you enjoyed this game. Did you guys enjoy playing? Was this fun for you? This oh, yeah. Yeah, it was wild. It, wow. I'm, so I'm, much like story tonight. It was so great. Yeah, it was it's a lot just of world time. building. It's just world, world building. building. It's it's my thing. I I like it. 
Um, all right, so folks, we are going to call it here tonight. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you like what we do, or give us a follow, give us a sub if you have the disposable income, or hey, give us a sub on uh, on uh, YouTube because I love seeing those numbers go up. Uh, we also have a Patreon if you if you are just rolling in dough or want your name mm-hmm. at the end of the YouTube videos and the podcast when I finally upload more of those. Um, but yeah, be great to have you there. And at the very least, come to our Discord and hang out. And that's for Twitch, YouTube, everybody. Come to the Discord. Be nice. Have fun. It'll be great. Someone post that. And uh, with that, we'll see you next time. Goodbye, everybody. The Reign of Emerys is a Dork Tales production. It stars Christine Rattray as Claudette Belmont, Amy Godfrey as Leiden Ann Marev, Caitlin Vinkel as Talfrin Prideri, Robin Holford as Ivy, and Katrina McGee as Veritrix Soulstar. Its dungeon master is Kelly Clark. Our opening theme is Resolution by Alexander Nakarada, and our closing theme is Find Them, also by Alexander Nakarada. For a full list of the music used in this episode, check the show notes below. To learn more about the world that Reign of Emerys is set in, check out our wiki or visit our Discord where there's plenty of information to go around. Thanks for supporting this podcast. If you like what we do here and would like to help Dork Tales grow, leave a five-star review, share us with your friends, and leave a comment below. And hey, while we're talking about people who support Dork Tales... I'd like to take a minute to thank all of our patrons at patreon.com slash dorktales. Starting with our Patreon producers. Our royal producer, Shulton the World Builder. Our divine producer, DM Michael Gray, the great and powerful. Our demonic producers, Jade the Maker of Monsters and Bricarius, our fun but evil Funkle. We love you, Uncle Marty. Our princes of the Patreon, Taryn, the original Dorktales fangirl. Dustin, our time-traveling buddy from 1977. Trizelta, a.k.a. James Bododge. Eolus the Forever Cleric. Cubby Gummy, Amberthist, and The Traveler. Our level 20 heroes, Jan Clark, who's my, my mom. Bob Kessler, who's along for the ride. Michael Eilat, the graphics guy. And Chef Aladeth. Our level 10 heroes, Nacro the Straw Hat Devil, George Sibley, Snowy323, Hans H. Boundahoof, Professor Multiverse, Adam Bomb, Tabitha Rudkin, Chandra Magic, Brady Chester, and Heavy Metal and Tea are very important patrons who donate five or more dollars per month. An actual guinea pig, Dale Cope, the eternal student of life, Camille, who may be six possums in a trench coat, Evan, longtime listener, first time patron, Mike Baxter, first of his name, Jason Tudor, the mayor of Icewind Dale, Krista Mitchell, the Siege FX engine, Rio, but without the OZ, United Adventure Company, Robin Holford, the wine master, SM Pace, Hillary, Colin Son, Matt DS, Eric and Amber, Evil, Doctor Who 4189, Tommy Kiyama Svensson, Kara Rett, Red Monk, Stormshanks, Jacob, Arachnikonikoni, Random Equinox, Uncanny Kate, Dazed Apricot, Ray G, Michael Reynolds, The Bong Master, David Ellis, Confounded Hound, Jeremy Smith, 5280 DTC Nerd, Lockgen, Slurm, Slouching Beast, Graham Rudkin, Frankenax, Chris Deeds, Karasha Urquhart, Jacob Shinji McDonald, Malazang, Clay, Andrew Wolf, Laura Arasmith, Sean Oldham, Mashmakan, Marcel, The Dixon Three, Ash Wolf, Los Grack, and So Honorable, Bryn Hawker, Whistler, DM Shari, Empath Naga, Gaming Hyper Panda, Stuart Tiffin, Mr. J's Comics, Ethereal Ashy, Raven with Bobbles, Johan Fault, Owls, and Bartold. And finally, our Dork Squad. Jen Peters, Caitlin, Batran, Just Andy, EJ, an insomniac veterinarian, Creax, Daniel, Brent, CTRSTY, Hayliz, Chris Blog, Patrick, Zach Rules, Ace Emmett, Renee Anderson, Britton Williams, Ava Hernandez, The Crazy Goblin, Jacob Embry, Matt B., Catherine Petricelli, Kathleen Halperin, and Robin Barton. If you'd like to hear your name at the end of these episodes and get access to exclusive perks, feel free to join us on patreon.com slash dorktales. Dorktales survives on the generosity of our patrons, and I can't express how grateful I am to each and every one of you for your support. 
Thank you so much, and thanks to you for listening. If you want to reach out, you can find us on the Dork Tales Discord. We hope you join us, and we'll see you in the next episode.